Oh yeah. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> we got a my favorite show. person in the world, honestly. <laughs> we got a good show, AJ, Fez, Scott, and I got a little extra little coupon here for you. The powers that be gave me one, and I'm giving you a second one because you know what? I'm a power that be also. Hmm. Okay. The XFL is the coupon code. XFL. Why are we talking XFL? Well, action begins February 18th. And right now you can get the Super Bowl early bird NFL plus CFB plus XFL access for the entire 2023 season for under $1,000.975. Now, the super early bird NFL and CFB access is $875. So effectively what you're getting is XFL for $100. Now, Fez, I happen to remember you're pretty good at the XFL. Nine. Oh, and one. You're perfect. Undefeated. You're like Andre the Giant before WrestleMania 3. I'm not perfect. I had a tie. But I am like Andre the Giant who had lots of draws. Yeah, not lots, but you know, Andre, Mm. he was good. He was the best. Andre has a posse. Okay, now, now, here's the coupon, though. I'm giving you 100 or the powers of B are giving you $100 off. You are the powers to be. I'm one of the powers to be. No, B. you're the king. But, you know, the king has to know when to rule and when to sit back. You I, rule. When I have E-K, to. E.K. Have it. That's funny. They've been talking about that on Simmons' part. But anyway, <laughs> I, don't make me turn your mics Eat off. like a king on a budget. <laughs> well, I guess that thing's good. If I, if I it's it, catchy. It's catchy. Uh, five appara- bucks, that can't be right. Appara- Just confirm that that's the real price. Apparently, Cousin Sal, is uh, his son plays in a, some kind of, you know, little league or a high school baseball league or whatever. I guess high school baseball. He's, they each have an intro song where they walk up to the plate. And that's his. <laughs> whopper, that's whopper. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got to love hamburgers. Anyway, if you use XFL as the coupon code, $100 off. Can you spell that? <laughs> Fez, we should tell everyone now, you're under medication. I am. It's causing, you, like, if you were at a bar, you would have been slapped a few times. <laughs> but you're not. You're here in the warm bosom of AJ. But it's what, your teeth are bad? You got a bad tooth? Yeah, Dr. Cressman's f- phenomenal, and I'm going to be seeing him in 12 hours to fix me up. Yes. No one cares. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what would The Rock say? It doesn't matter if your tooth hurts. All right. Let's focus on the first of two, and then we'll get to the show. A lot of good info in the show. Fez actually gives a 101 prop 101, and it's a guy that is good at the props. But XFL, you get for free with his coupon code. So it's 975 if you don't have the code, 875 with it. And oh, by the way, eight seventy five is the super early bird price for just the NFL and college football. So effectively, this special offer you get the XFL for free. And Fez, you're pretty much you had one push and you're undefeated XFL the last time it ran. Yes, you're a real expert when it comes to like taking a new league and running. I mean, because you've done well with a lot of these leagues, it's kind of popped up. Every single one except for the one last year, which was what the- USFL. Yes, the USFL was the aberration. And everyone, there was a couple of different ones that was in Alabama or something. Remember? The Alliance of American Football. You loved that. Oh, God, yes. Remember the UFL? 
Yeah, I mean, he probably wanted that, this guy, because he's networked. It's it's crazy. He's my guy. He was always says, my guy. He's got this number <laughs> at 87. I'm like, Jesus, all right. I don't want to go against that. Who's the veto for, like, the UFL? Veto is just a name that applies to all his sources. It's the okay. network. It's the, it's the veto. Yeah. Okay. Like CNN used to be. like the, nah, nah, nah. All right. XFL. I mean, it's really simple. If you're going to get Fez anyway, or you're going to get – any of the guys who sell, and there's multiple guys selling the XFL. Now, AJ, I know you're selling the XFL. I am going to do XFL this year. All right. I think that's going to be interesting because I'm going to handicap with you because I want to do it from the ground up. Like, players up is a different style for me. I'm going to play with it a little bit. Fez, you're just going to rely on Vito. Yeah, you're doing bottom up and I'm doing top down. <laughs> All right. We'll meet in the middle. XFL. Now, here's the extra coupon code. And, and like I said, if you're... I would say this. If I could play 10 of your NFL games, 10 of your college football games, or 10 of your XFL games, I'm playing 10 XFL. No doubt. Because it's just a less liquid market, which means the, the biggest boys, the $100,000 betters aren't even going to be in it. It, 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 it. They have to slice up the pie so many different ways that the limits are too low to work It's like fe- It's like you playing 2-5, no limit hold them. I still play 2-5. Exactly. But I'm saying if you were as good as me at poker, it'd be like you playing 2-5, no limit hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. I'm I, like, wait a minute, RJ. <laughs> That's my bread and butter. <laughs> but I'm saying if if we think of you as a poker player, but you're as good as a, you are as a sports batter, yes. you'd be in the big room or the Bobby's room, the big yeah. game, they call it. Or maybe you'd be at the 75-150 up on the riser, I think, probably. You know, the truth is I'm a wussy poker player. I want to win every, yeah, but whenever we're, I play. Now you, this playing. is the analogy of you as a sports batter. Yes. You're oh, 75-150, but lo and behold, that sees part, and you can play 2-5 but make the same money. What are you doing? You're going down and crushing the 2-5, aren't you? Oh, it's fun. XFL is 2-5. It is fun. Because the big boys aren't playing. You get it? All right. Code is XFL. You get a hundred bucks off. You can get AJ too if you want. You probably should get him in college basketball at this point. Is what I'm saying. We talk about that in the pod. Strong. Now here's the little extemporaneous bonus coupon. Fez is going to tell you about his amazing run in props. I bet the only thing that I bet every bet of Fez is like every bet. I don't even think about it if I like it or not. Are the props. And it's actually panned out so well. 23 and 6 the last three years, your star rate. Is that right? Yes. You even bet the stuff you don't like. I do. Because, I mean, <laughs> when you're 23, I mean, what I've known you've won these pretty much every year for like 10. And before that, before you were with me. But I'm saying I've seen it with my own eyes. And I gave just off the cuff. I said, this deal is great anyway. It's 39 bucks, But I'm giving 5 bucks just for you guys because, you know. You're a fan, and that means I'm a fan of you being a fan. Or at least you listen. All right, here's the coupon. Fez, F-E-Z-Z, five. Now, there's two Zs. Don't mistake that. Very feminine if it's one Z. F-E-Z-Z, five. All right? Go to pregame. Hit by picks. Get fed. Now, what are you giving? You're giving about 11 star-rated plays. Yep. You got two up already. I do. You're going to have a best bet of all. The yes. best bet to end all best bets, at least in the props. And then two other threes, most likely. Mm-hmm. Then a bunch of ones and twos. Yes. That's what you have that record at. In addition, every bet you make at the less available props, 
they're getting all of them. Yeah, so think about this. A, on a daily basis, I'm just going to draw cut and paste from my own betting spreadsheet. Boom, I'm going to put in what I personally have played. So you're, you're getting it before chances are the line hasn't moved yet. Yeah, actually, it may have. Uh, all right, because may it may have only be available one place. So it, it, oh, it, oh, 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 we're talking. I'm talking in general. This daily submission of your picks is going to help it. So for the star-rated ones, they're going to beat a lot of the line moves. Yes. Yeah, and that's why doing it now makes a ton of sense. Exactly. You wait till next Thursday. Yeah, you get the same plays, but it's not going to be any cheaper. It could be more expensive. That We're still deliberating that, but the lines will have moved in a lot of them. Exactly. So by an example, I'll probably, when I release a three-star, wouldn't surprise me if I don't come back in like 48 hours later and say, you know what? Now it's a two-star. It's moved to this level yeah. and and the like. So I'll, I'll not, let you know. Why not get the best numbers, right? Exactly. The best numbers. So that's why you're doing it every day. You're usually going to tell the time you're going to come in and update. Yep. But in addition to that, you're going to have everything you bet. And and this is amazing. You already got 20 of them up there. I do. And that is all part of this $39 package. For you, it's $5 less. Let me do the math. That's $34, Fez. F-E-Z-Z-5. I don't think there's any. I mean, there's nothing else to say, really. You agree, AJ? On to the show. On to the show. Super Bowl week early, but the Super Bowl show preview early show. And it's a special show because we got a full house. That's nice. But also we had a catastrophe with the taping of Monday's show. Nobody's fault, <clears throat> but <laughs> we had two kind of 99% events happen. And Fez, what's the odds of that? 10,001? It is. Yes. So I don't think they were quite 99% now that I think about it. Maybe 50 and 90. <laughs> but still, that's only going to happen. No, it's not one out of 20. But anyway, I thought it was the best show I ever did, Fez. <laughs> I mean, no one can it's ever... It's just lost. It's just lost. It's a oh, catastrophe. Man. It was just like, it was a combination of stories with, with that just were right on point, but they were not... They You just wish they were a little longer... You know how you just left him wanting more every time? Are there, like, uh, tracks that are really hard to find, like Dylan tracks that, like, yeah, people yeah. search out? And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think There's this, usually rumored tracks. Yeah, I think this show, like, I saw a Reddit thread, like, oh, I hear RJ and Steve did the best recap show in history, and then, like... Uh, I think mine was awesome. Steve's was a B plus, I'd say. <laughs> I'll, but, I'll take it. <laughs> but we are sorry for that. And what we're going to do, though is we're going to take the best of that, and it won't be as good, but the best of that and move it forward and share it during this show. So you'll get the best of it. If you ever wished you had, we had a 20-minute podcast, it'd be like that buried in the middle of this longer podcast. To my right, A.J. Hoffman. A.J., what was your record? And if you need a minute, your top three picks is what I'm interested in. You have that in front of you? I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, take your time. Steve Fezzik, the only two-time... Super Contest champion and a master of the Super Bowl prop bet. What's been your record on that, Steve Fezzik? Oh, last three years, 23, 6, and 1. 26. 23. 3, then only six losers. Yes. Out of 30 games. Yes. Hmm, that's good. We got Scott Seidenberg. How's your hockey going? 
Isn't, isn't it the All-Star break? Yeah, uh, starting tomorrow. Today was the last night last night of the first half, if you will. How do you know that? I just, I, I got to be honest, it was a fluke. <laughs> Some people get premonition. <laughs> <I'm only there. laughs> now, uh, you, how how you been doing generally? Up 39 units. 39. Yeah. This is this is an all-star team, AJ. 58, 34, and 1. That's Counting pretty... this last week. I went 1-1 one and one last week. Oh, okay, okay. I think I went undefeated. One no, because, you well, oh, I had one pick. You I, pressed a button on my pick. What was your pick? McCaffrey total yards over. And it went over? It went well over. I don't think it went over. It, it, well. it went over because the Niners. Oh, went to a single wing. Because Mitchell, <laughs> well, well and, Mitch, and Mitchell couldn't play, yeah. right? So McCaffrey got a lot more usage. Oh, okay. And even more usage when they went single wing. <laughs> well, listen. I like over when the guy goes single wing, generally. I, it's just hard to predict. It's hard to predict. You know, I was thinking of this, though. And this is really a wild kind of butterfly effect. So the Rams took Baker Mayfield in the, uh, what would you call it, on waivers. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, San Francisco was going to take him. They wanted him. That's yeah. everything I heard, anyway. Yeah. If they, well, why wouldn't you? Because the, my thought was on the show, I said, well, hey, Brock Purdy's good at that point. It had been a couple games, maybe. But I'm like, who's backing him up? Yeah. Right? And it was like, well, Josh Johnson or whatever. I was like, well, I, I like Baker Mayfield better. They would have taken him. He would have came in that game. Who knows what? Talk about a story. Baker comes in. Oh, with, my gosh. Right? Yes. <laughs> I mean that that was just it was just the Rams who did they they didn't really they had no want, chance of winning they anything. didn't really want Baker they just wanted San Fran not to get him I agree yeah what do you think of that McKenzie so you don't buy that they didn't submit a claim because they already knew that Baker Mayfield was going to the Rams is the theory you're saying they didn't submit a claim they did not as what? reported by Adam Schefter and others well I thought you didn't believe Adam Schefter not all the time. Right, That's Adam, I Adam Schefter also said that they wanted Mac Jones, but you didn't believe that. I still don't. <laughs> I mean, they wanted him if Trey Lance didn't turn out to be the better prospect after they did their homework. I wonder if they knew, huh? No, no. The story was, well, how is this that? We'll keep this simple. His mic's off. We'll, we'll give it twenty <laughs> minutes for him to decide if he wants to talk. The idea of fighting that battle when, by all accounts, and it's so funny now, who in the hell would want to wrap their arms around Trey Lance right now is the question. Mm. Not me. But now with Purdy, what are they saying? Purdy could be back by September? Or no, they're no. saying the beginning Tommy of the surgery. Done. Done for how long? He might miss the whole next year. Oh, really? I mm. heard. It's not clear yet. He's still being evaluated. Maybe. I heard they said it's a six-month rehab. Not if he has Tommy John surgery. Even for even for does quarterbacks ever have that? Mm, I don't recall the last quarterback I've seen to have Tommy John. It does. It does make the point that the durability was the question. Like there are certain quarterbacks that can play well for five, six, seven games. They're just not physically big enough to do it all game. You know, for a season. Jake DeLome had it. Oh, and then was that before or after the seven interceptions? <laughs> let's let's hope for everyone's sake it was at or or before. Oh, I don't even know what you'd hope for. Yeah, <laughs> could he could he have been that bad before the surgery? All right, so we're going to talk about some of our observations from the games, the best of those, and we're going to give you what we consider the main storylines of the Super Bowl. What will help you decide on your bets 
and we'll tell you what we think of those things and what we think they are. And Fez is going to give you his famous Prop 101, this is how to avoid getting took by the book. Oh, took by the book. You get that? It rhymes. And we're also going to talk, and we're going to lead with this, Tom Brady. Now, here's my main thought on this. I've never felt something that was so, it felt like it was like, I don't know, like a fart in an in a auditorium, but it's eighth graders playing the cello. Like no, everyone's kind of there and being serious, but everyone knows it's not really serious, mm-hmm. right? A recital with eighth graders playing the cello and someone farts is what I think this announcement felt like <laughs> because it felt, here's what I know. When I went to ESPN after I heard, the number one story was a trade in the WNBA. Mm. <laughs> it was. And the number two story was Tom Brady retired. On the homepage of ESPN. You've got a new big three in New York? Yeah, things are. It's a surging sport, they say. You got Brianna Stewart and Sabrina Ionescu on the same team? I mean, come on. Yes, yes. <laughs> Cheryl Miller? <laughs> I think Cheryl. you're in the wrong decade. Oh. <laughs> You mean Reggie Miller's sister? I was just thinking of I was thinking of WME players that I could name. I didn't know if. Wow, your ignorance does. I mean, if you want to somehow parade your ignorance out of the W, well, I I don't know. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that actually was the case. Mm -hmm. So let's start with Scott, and then go to AJ, and then go to me, and then Fez will act like he doesn't know what we're talking about because it's not gambling. Is What do you think of this? It, it felt very weird. It did. I do. I did like his video message, though, because. He, that was written seven times. Yes. But he did acknowledge that last year he, you know, wrote the essay and it was like a long, sappy retirement only to just change course a month later. So this year it's not going to be the case. He's done for good. And I believe him when he says he's done for good. And for, I, I do, too. And for my money. Is he the greatest quarterback I've ever seen? Probably not. Is he the greatest winner, winning quarterback I've ever seen? Yes. Yeah, so one way I've heard it framed, greatest versus most accomplishments. Great way of putting it. Yeah. Most it, accomplished quarterback we've ever seen. AJ, what do you think? And and I do want to lead with, and you guys can talk about the general take on Brady, but I want to lead with like how, how could it be a guy's been in the fourth? Remember, in his second year, he took over and led the team to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady has been in the public consciousness for 22 years. And he's stepping off the stage forever. He will never play another game. I've never seen an elite player, especially a quarterback, leave with this little pomp and circumstance, but not even because he doesn't want it because he obviously wanted it last year, but he didn't get it last year. It felt funny last year. Everyone was saying, yeah, he's retired, but we don't think this is going to stick. It doesn't stick. Then he has a bad year, or let's just say the team had a bad year. He had a fine year for last year. You know, like it's one of the better last years you're ever going to have. You know, Elway had a, but it was better in Peyton Manning's last year, even though the team did better, right? Denver did better, but Manning was a shell. Remember, Brady broke the record for most completions ever thrown in a season this year. Think about that for a second. Most attempts, too, but still <laughs> thoughts. I, I think I, I respect that he didn't have a bunch of pomp and circumstance because imagine had Mariona Rivera the year that he was it was his last year and everybody was every team was giving him gifts. That's what last year felt like. Dr. J did that. Yeah. Had he come back, it would have been like, what the hell are you doing? What is this? Like, were you leaving or not? 
And then Tom Brady had there was so much drama regarding like I mean Tom Brady basically by some accounts lost his family by playing oh, football this year. That's stupid. What account could that be? What it was was how could it be anything but this? I won't act like I know, but how could it be anything but this? They were having conflict, right? Whatever the cause of it. And it was like, if you go play, this ain't going to work. He says, okay, I'll try for the marriage. He stays home, and it's not working anyway. And then he comes back. I mean, the idea he chose for – if he chose to play on this Bucks team instead of, you know, to lose his family, then he should be playing again this year because it's like if he loves it that much, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Well, I mean, I think the idea that after he came back is when the divorce stuff started to, to – Wow, but, come out, but yeah, it came out. But I mean, I can't imagine. That I'm sure it, it wasn't. It wasn't I'm sure the relationship wasn't on uh, yeah. solid ground. But it feels like him say like, had he stayed at home and kept trying to work on it, maybe there's a chance. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. This connects to the the multiple. What was it? A ten day absence during training mm-hmm. camp is. It seems to me people thought he was trying to save his marriage. It was the final. It was they, they were doing final negotiations yeah. on the divorce. Is what I would expect. So if that's the case in August, it feels like that they decided to separate. And then he said, "Shit, I might as well just come back." in. right, if, if anything, you could say it was virtuous that he tried not. If he thought he could save his marriage by retiring, he did. Yeah. Once it seemed futile, it's like why not play. Yeah. Right? I mean, that would be my guess. But either way, but go ahead. Well, either way, the perception was that this is what he – like, he had a choice and he chose to play football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a bad look had he, had he, like, made some big deal out of the retirement again. It just – I think it, would, it wouldn't have looked right. I think the way he handled well, it – The way he the, handled it, I accept. I'm talking about the way the media's handled it. I think it. because the media didn't make a big deal out of it because he's not going anywhere. He signed the massive Fox contract. Tom Brady's going to be in our, in the public on our, on our televisions every single week. We're, we're not missing this guy. It's not like he's retiring. We're not going to see him for four years, and then all of a sudden it's no time idea. for the Hall of Fame announcement. We have no idea how good he's going to be on air. doesn't matter. We're going to see him. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is he, what, what, the reason he's famous, he's never going to do it again, right, is the theory. That seems like a big deal to me. I mean, think about – I mean, just think about Jordan. Like the whole last dance idea. When Jordan retired, I mean, I mean, I can even think when he retired or whatever, when he quit for baseball the first time. And then I still can remember uh, when he, he had that famous, uh, it was a fax, right? It says, I'm back, right? I mean, it was like, it was so much bigger than any of this with yeah. Brady. And Brady was probably, some people thought the MVP last year. Like, you could have reasonably said Brady had a better year than Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. last year. Meaning not this mo- this current season, but last mm-hmm. season. If a guy who has played about as well as anyone's ever played the game in 2021 retires, that's a big deal. But it wasn't even a big deal at the time, it felt like. It, at no point did this feel like a big deal, him retiring. Like... When when did it? When he came back, everyone went, yeah, oh, yeah, right? It was like, yeah. And then when he left, everyone was like, really? Hmm. Do you think that maybe him not being on the Patriots anymore had something to do with it? His divorce from Belichick mm-hmm. and the Patriots kind of felt like, a re- you know, the, the, the retirement. Now he goes and wins a Super okay, Bowl. Yeah, if he and, yeah, and if he would have been if it, if it was Joe Namath with the Rams, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, but he or Montana with the Chiefs. Well, he got them in the playoffs. Yeah, Montana, you know, yeah. so it's. I mean, let's think of wh- who's the last. Let's think of when someone retires. Right? Isn't 
It's like they spend the whole day. I mean, like I have a lot. Bill Simmons did not do an emergency pod. Like, think about that a second. He does an emergency pod for a trade. You know, if the if the, the James Sal- Harden sits out. Yeah, if the, if the Celtics <laughs> trade for a, a number seven guy, well, we're the only guys leading with this. Is what you're saying? Well, no, no. I, but first off, I can't imagine how we don't. Though, right, right. And it, it's like it's and it was. It feels very perfunctory. It feels like people are going through the motions, acknowledging it. Is it because maybe people saw Brady this year and he didn't look like the Brady of old? And it was like almost, but he looked better than he he was better than any almost any great quarterback his last year. I, I don't disagree with that, but he was like better than Big Ben, he was better than Breeze. Well, I don't know, a little better than Breeze, I think, his last year. I mean, so I think he pretty much met expectations for this year. Is that fair? Would you agree? I would say he probably fell short of expectations just because he was so good yeah. last year. And and and, and you, that's a good point. And 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 at some point you say, you know what? When he's exceeded expectations eight straight times, maybe we're, we got to keep our expectations high. Yes, it's just and he retired at the same the age he said he would, which yeah. is something I've stressed yeah. all along. He wanted to make forty five. Well, he, when we were doing SOV, yeah. you were like. He's gonna come back. Like yeah, he, I, I thought so, and 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 uh, this just it, what this tells me. And we'll move on. Is we don't abide, we don't tolerate as a society being trying to be manipulated, and and he feels so cheesy at this. I mean, the the whole th- I've heard more negative comments about Brady in the last year than I have in the in the prior 10. It's the first time Brady's felt like he was weak enough that you could poke a hole in him. Like, it was the first was time. The, that... the whole facelift idea yeah. or the hair plugs, and they, he was like the Joker. I mean, I think Brady's gotten <laughs> he's gotten cheesy in a way where he's just trying to stay young and – and, and and I mean that's not a bad thing. But imagine if you'd like if you'd tried to poke fun at Brady last year, like you said, he was arguably the best quarterback in the league last so everyone year. Everyone was just tra- champing or chomping at the bit to poke fun at him. I mean, you gotta remember, not everyone loves Tom Brady. Not everyone loves the, the guy who beats their team every year. There's like, a lot it, of Brady fatigue out there. I think so. Well, Maybe this, it would have been a bigger deal if, it, if if he did announce it prior to the end of the season. And then the broadcasts made a big deal of it when he was on the field and the fans gave him a five-minute standing ovation in the stadium as he walked off the field or the took ab- his final snap. Wouldn't the absence of that make it a bigger deal now? It might have been an, an aggregate a bigger deal with that. Mm-hmm. But the fact we didn't – this was a surprise. I mean, I would say that the betting odds would have been minus 200 that he was playing next year. Oh, at least I, I mean so. he was supposed to be our he's supposed to be our quarterback. I mean, people were talking about Raiders, 49ers. Yeah. It was all, like the Brock Purdy injury. People were already talking about. Oh, Brady's going to land there. That makes sense now. Now here's a conspiracy theory: Sean Payton signs with Denver. He can't go to Denver realistically, right? So was it kind of like he was waiting and was going to go with Sean Payton if he made a different decision? Because that was the Miami rumor, uh. right? Is now, obviously, he couldn't go to Miami now, or Sean Payton could, but maybe if Sean Payton would have went to a different place, Brady would have showed up. Here's why I don't think that conspiracy theory holds water. Because he announces it the same day, like the next day, right? Because the, the alternatives for Sean Payton were Arizona and Indianapolis, and I can't picture Tom Brady playing in either one of those places. Well, Tampa Bay was no better than any of them. I mean, we're talking about the team was – well, here's the thing. How good is Indianapolis with a good quarterback? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the O-line isn't what we thought it was, but was that a one-year aberration? I don't know. But it does seem weird that he would do this and step on Sean Payton's announcement. 
right? Maybe he's bitter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Is there a conflict with them? And, and yeah. All right. So let, I'm going to go over a couple stats that are pretty shocking that show the greatness of Brady. All right. So his ATS record. So we focus on against the spread. In his regular season career, 188, 135, and 10 pushes. That's 58%. So you're saying if we bet on Tom Brady every single regular season game of his career, Mm -hmm. we would have turned a nice profit. When he started, yes. 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 Okay. In the playoffs, now this is surprising. 53% only. 25, 22, and 1. So he's 35 and 13. Jeez, imagine that. Only 13 times was he ever beat in the playoffs. 35 and 13. Uh, Straight up. Okay. Now, here is the sign of his greatness, in my opinion. 58%, yeah. Off a loss. He had 69 (laughs) times off a loss. 61%. 42 and 27 straight up. No, ATS. Oh, I'm sorry, ATS. Yes, 42 and 27. ATS, 70% straight up. 61% ATS. Thank you. Off two losses. He's only was off two losses 17 times in his career. <laughs> so it's, think about that. It's less than once a year, 11 and 6 against the spread. Now, here's what's fascinating 15 and 2 straight up off two losses. And one of those times came this season. Okay. So coming into this year, he that had happened once ever. A team, his, his team losing three games. Three yeah, straight games. Yeah. <laughs> losing more than two games in a row once in his first 22. Well, I guess he didn't quarterback his first year. So let's say 21 seasons. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, and then finally as an underdog, he was an underdog 64 times, 66% against the spread. 41 and 21, two pushes. So... Off a loss, 61%. Off two losses, 65%. Off, or as an underdog, 66%. That's the way to look at coaches and and quarterbacks. How do they do off losses? How do they do as an underdog? McKenzie, who's mute at this point, most career playoff wins. uh, This one's gone around. Oh, my God. It's more than double. Brady with 35, Montana with 16. Peyton Manning with 14. So he's got more than the next two on the list combined. Now, what's fat? Yes. What's like who, those well, two guys. Double, who, even if you double the second one, he's got more. Those two guys who the people will argue, like that's the that's the argument for greatest quarterback of all time, usually comes down to one of those three guys, right? Well, I'd say Elway is usually in the conversation. Um, Wait a minute. How many does Mahomes have? How many uh, playoff wins? Less yeah. than 14? <laughs> Doesn't seem possible. What do you mean? He's been DFC. Championship game five straight years. Yeah, but they've been, they've been the one seed a bunch yeah, of years. That's a good point. They had buy it. That's, a, that's yeah. a good point. Okay, yeah. so you got two instead of three. All right, or one. Or one. If yeah, they All right. win and lose it. Yeah, yeah he's right. got ten wins. All right, I, he's got a little ways to go. Though it is interesting if he would have beat uh, Brady in the Super Bowl, he gets up to two, and then Brady's at six. It becomes so much more likely of catching him. You know, I don't know it was likely, but it's still now when it went to seven one, which it still is, it's like, man, now you got a spread of six to catch up instead of four. And if you look at this year, the final four teams, and I know this is a weird year, uh-huh. you throw a blanket over the four teams. They all were about three to mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, that's really good to get the final four. You gotta do that. Uh, 20 times to get five titles. Which actually makes the point uh, that Brady, a lot of people said they were in a weak AFC East, 
right? And the Jets weren't any good most of that time. Miami wasn't any good mm-hmm. most of that time. And Buffalo wasn't any good most of that time. But then you think, okay, they made, uh, I think it's 13 championship games. Can you, uh, can you check that, Mackenzie? It, um, all right, this would be a reason to put his mic back on. We'll see. He's on probation. But um and they had seven Super Bowls. Now, if you really think of Fez's math, you'd have to go to twenty-eight championship games mm-hmm. to get to seven Super Bowls, right? You're gonna win one one of four times you get to a championship round, you're gonna win a Super Bowl. Right. Right? So seven, I mean, so if you think about it. They've, they've done double as well, if not a little bit more. They've won more than double the Super Bowls they should have. So they've done exceptionally well in those two rounds, too. Mm-hmm. Right? And I say they, but Brady obviously wasn't with Belichick for the last one. So, uh, yeah, 13 appearances in the AFC Championship game. So it was in the AFC. So he had 14 in total. Yes. Okay. So 14 appearances, and he should they should have had one-fourth of that Super Bowls, or he should have had, but he had half. Was seven and three? Ten Super Bowls, right? Um, yeah, so the seven and three in the Super Bowl. So in fourteen appearances, mm-hmm. he they made they won the championship game, or he ten, won the championship times. game ten times <laughs> in the Super Bowl seven times out of fourteen. Mm. So half the time he made it to a round with two wins to go, he won it. That's wild, and it is wild to think. And I like it better this way that almost every Super Bowl they could have lost, yeah. almost every one, right? Because, I mean, the Philly one, I, I the first Philly one against Andy Reid. Well, McNabb's throwing up the whole time. Yeah, but that whole <laughs> That dry- was probably the one that was a stretch. That one, they kind of had control. I agree. I agree. But they were they could have lost to Carolina. They easily could have lost that game. They were tied at the end, right? And then they were tied at the end against the Rams with 14-point dogs the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time was such a low-scoring game, any fluke could have won it against the Rams. You know, that's, that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm like forgetting the one where we, we were, you know, <laughs> in the city for, for the Super Bowl. That, that was probably the cleanest, the 13-3 to win against the Rams and Goff. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, well, that was clean, but still, when it's that low scoring, you never know. Right? Yeah, and even that Philly game, like it's a three point game. They could have won. Oh, that Philly game, they should have. I mean, that one felt. Listen, whoever wants to complain about modern era coaching, which sometimes I'm a skeptic of that, Fez loves it more. Philly only won that because of it, because no one else was doing what they were doing at the time, Philly. And they went for it on fourth. They they were playing like they had nothing to lose. And that's the only way they won that game. High variance, and they rolled a bunch of sevens, Philly. Yes. And, I mean, give them credit for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, man, they could have won that. But the funny thing is they could have been – they could have been nine and one in those Super Bowls, maybe. I mean, which one was the one they should have lost for sure? Well, the Malcolm Atlanta? Butler, the Malcolm Butler oh. interception. Yeah, they right? should have lost the Atlanta. Yeah. That's the only one. No, in that the, was the a, Seattle one. I mean, it, Seattle was the favorite it, at that point. But I'm saying, if you hand the football off, and but that was well, that, that, that was, lose that yeah, game. But 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 but, but <laughs> that, that goes back to the fourth quarter wind shear shouldn't come down to like the final two minutes, like that reception Seattle got in to get into the red zone with the balls. But, but like you can make the same point about the the, the Edelman catch in the Falcon. I can game. make the same point about yeah. the other the Edelman. You guys are. Making all the points. The element replacement. What's the other slow white dude that dropped? But he dropped the ball. Wes Walker. Yeah. yeah. He should have caught that. that Listen, was Brady game? can't throw it and catch it. All exactly. Right? But 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 I think you guys are making the point. You could make the case that he should he would have won one or two. How does Wes Walker not catch that ball? Uh, but even Wes Welker should have caught it. Yeah, I don't know which 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 Super Bowl that was. Was that that wasn't the most recent? Uh, that was 2012. That was 2012. Yeah. Oh, the Welker one. Yeah, the Welker drop. I don't think that was a drop. 
That was against the Giants, yeah. Okay, okay. I think he catches it like 70%. Freeze it. Like, he's caught it all year long. But back to, real quick, back to the Seattle game, is at the point where the clock's ticking down, and to me, the greatest brilliance of Belichick was not calling a timeout there. Is he? I mean, it shows you he he's. It's always about what's happening on the field, not what you pre-plan. Mm. And I mean, they had the NFL, like they had the NFL film of that. And if I recall, it's like he's going. Someone's saying timeout or whatever. He goes, "No, let's wait, let's wait." He goes, "No, we're not. We're gonna go. We're gonna go." And it's like, wow, what guts? Yeah. I mean, and you think about he saw the look and he knew that they, they were, were prepared fine. for it's it. Like yeah. Jody Foster in contact. I'm good to go. <laughs> but but in a way, I think from what I heard, it was he saw that they were kind of discombobulated. Who was going out on the mm. field? And it was like, yeah. okay, let them. You know. But again, it was it was amazing. But they. See, I, I, to me, you don't have a lot of bad talk radio takes, Scott, but I think that's one of them. The guys that really understand, and I don't, they say if they would have run there, they would have got slammed. The, the, the defense was enticing them to pass and that because they were so jammed up mm. that it would have been hard. Now, again, they had beast mode, so maybe yeah. it would have broken. But um, I don't – I mean, have you ever heard anyone talk about – maybe next time you talk to Lance, ask him about that. Okay. The, yeah. the, the scout guy. But I just go by what I hear. But they, I've heard a lot of people poo-poo that, that talking point that, oh, if he just would have ran them yeah. all. But Russell Wilson, they said let him cook. <laughs> could, could have let him cook on a naked bootleg and he would have walked in. Of those 13 losses in the playoffs? Uh-huh. Only four of them by double digits. So even when they lost, he was in those games. Like, Yeah, I mean, you th- uh, it's an amazing career, no doubt about it. Last thing, round the horn. You said most accomplished but not the greatest. So who's who was the greatest? I, I think Manning, for me, is, is the greatest regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Okay. And, and there's the things – my father used to always say this, and, and I t- I've mentioned this a lot on shows – the measure of, to him, a great quarterback or the greatest quarterback, it's who you do not want to give the ball back to with under two minutes in the game on the line. Like if you're the opposing so Mahomes team, Mahomes is going to be on a, high on this seriously, list. Seriously, yes, yes. But it used to be Elway. Elway was the guy, and part of the drive had something to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. But it was if you're if you took the lead with under two minutes left and you're kicking the ball off, you do not want John Elway to have the football. To me, that's Peyton Manning. If I had, oh, really? if I had one drive, well, maybe now Mahomes would certainly be mm-hmm. in the conversation. But prior to the last couple of years, if I had one drive, ninety seconds to get down the field, Peyton Manning's my quarterback. Here, here's what I don't like about this. Now we're like splitting hairs on best regular season quarterback. That makes Peyton Manning the greatest. No, like, not what, the greatest. I think he's saying he's the greatest over the most number of games. Now the question is how important. I mean, here's the point I'd make counter to his, and then you know jump in is Brady played well enough in the regular season to make the playoffs every year he started mm-hmm. the, you know more than half the games right the only year they missed was when he blew out his knee yeah. so it's like every year he made the playoffs and then he he was the best in the playoffs so it's kind of hard to say he didn't do enough in the regular season yeah. but 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 Manning won five MVPs. No, I agree. Manning was a better regular season quarterback. So here's been I was a kid when this was happening. Scott was a kid. So you guys were probably had a better understanding of what greatness was in football at this time. But when I was a kid, there was no argument over who's better, Joe Montana or Dan Marino. And, oh. But if you look at the numbers, it's like, how no, could that, you not say Dan Marino? It was a, if anything, it was a three-way argument. It was always Marino. Uh, Montana and Elway. But that by the was, time by the time Joe Montana's career was over, 
There was no more talk about if Dan Marino was better than Joe Montana. No, it was the it was. I mean, again, being in the the '90s, being in my you know early 20s, I can tell you what the talk was. It was the same as this. It was Dan Marino was the better quarterback, and 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 Montana won was the better winner. Well, yeah, that that was and, okay. And to this day, I think Marino must was the best quarterback I've ever seen relative to the competition. Meaning back then, people were completing 52 percent of their passes, and Marino in '84 had a year that was no one's ever seen before. He, you know, that was like one of those quantum leap years. And Marino, a lot of people remember him limping around at the end with the bad Achilles. Mm-hmm. He was a monster. I mean, the fact he only made one Super Bowl, or yeah, he only made yeah, one. To right? me, to me, those three, it's 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 the parallel to Brady, Breeze, and Manning. <sighs> well, does Breeze? Did anyone ever think Breeze? Like the problem is Breeze got, got the Super numbers. Bowl. And like, yeah, he's got the numbers. Yeah, because Marino never won a Super Bowl, he yeah. can't be comp to any of those guys. Because otherwise, I think if Marino ever won one Super Bowl, he'd be way more in the overall conversation than he is. And maybe his bad work on TVs hurt things too. <laughs> but no that doubt. Ace Ventura, he was strong. <laughs> All right. So what what do you what would you say? How would you encapsulate Brady's career? I can't I, I can't argue that I, I think Brady's the best quarterback ever. Okay. Like I, I I'm with Scott. Like if you said who's who's got better mechanics, who's got a better no, 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 like no, no. we're saying who produced more in the regular season. Well, in the regular season, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a Manning or a or a Marino. Yeah, but, but I that's think, not the I guys Manning, I'm looking yeah. for. I, 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 yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But then people say ring culture is wrong. If you just count the rings, that's wrong. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I I think here's the thing: the math guys, and we'll segue to Fez. The math guys want to say there is no, no, no such thing as clutch. That is an important tenant of the mathematics community, it, there is no such thing as clutch. Thus, you could say Brady won or didn't win. It was random. He got him there, and some days he just w- came up more sevens than than snake eyes. Fez, where do you come down? It wasn't random. He was clutch. like like oh, um, You're out of the club. Like Tony Perez was for the Reds. Um, <laughs> hey, he, he, Peyton Manning was tremendous in the regular season. He had a flaw, and his flaw was when things were wasn't clutch. When things he wasn't clutch. When things weren't going well, he'd have that shake the head, you know, get to I know Brady would throw and break laptops and things, but Brady was much more engaged and Manning would disengage to the point where there was one one famous playoff game where he lost like like at a pick him like three to twenty or twenty to three, someone might say that <laughs> to New England. And it's like Brady would never have a game like that where he just couldn't do anything all game long with his offense. But how much of that was Belichick shutting down Peyton Manning? But you know, part of it and part of it was Manning unable to make the you know, the adjustments and being able to handle it and working with his team to be able to get like one touchdown. Imagine Brady not getting a touchdown in a um, in a key playoff game. So here's the thing people forget now, and this is the last word on Brady is up until his 37th year, 37, let's say 37-year-old season is how they say it, Brady had won three Super Bowls, and he hadn't won a Super Bowl for 10 years, right? So he won three in four years, right? Won the first, didn't make the playoffs. I guess they didn't make the playoffs his second year, so he didn't. And then they, uh, they, I know they didn't. Um, They were seven, if I'm not mistaken, seven and nine. Uh, and then they won it twice, right? Okay. Then Randy Moss came. They had the undefeated year. Didn't win. Didn't win against the Giants in 12. They didn't win for 10 seasons. At that point, when you're 37, it's like it's about, oh, it's like, think about it. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't much older than that. 
And the sense is, oh yeah, he's, he's it's been a good ride. It's been a good ride. Maybe over under. Does he win one? Does he win one more? It's Aaron, like a pick 'em. Yeah, you know. You were, I was saying a couple years ago it would have been a pick 'em, yes. um, which would have been commensurate with the thirty-seven. Right. Since then, at that point, if Brady retires at a normal age, Bradshaw retired before that. A lot of people did. He wouldn't wouldn't be in the conversation for the best ever. He just wouldn't be. I was thinking back to something that you you said on SOV when we were doing the Fox show, that if you pieced apart Brady's career mm. in his 20s, his 30s, and 40s, all three of them are Hall of Fame careers. I would agree with that, especially his, his if you go from his mm. – I mean, yeah, it's an interesting point. He won man. two Super Bowls in his 40s after after every other quarterback is supposed to be like just dead. He and Mahomes he won two have Super had Bowls. comparable careers the last five years. <laughs> that's a great way to that's an, Yeah, that's, won, that is. And he won an MVP at age 40. Yeah, you look at. I mean, his forties pretty much run parallel to Mahomes' years as a starter, mm-hmm. and 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 what Mahomes has one MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 one Super Bowl. I guess he just has more Super Bowls. He's got two versus Mahomes is one. So Mahomes wins this year. Then he's even with time. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes yeah. could go play base. He could lose the, the, this game. Go play baseball, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. I agree with that, which kind of makes the point of Brady had three different Hall of Fame careers. Yeah. But it is pretty amazing that you could make the case that who's been the best quarterback during the Mahomes era, it and could be Brady. He's in the conversation for sure. Yeah. yeah. Or Rodgers just without the Super Bowls. He's on the Mount Br- – wow. Brady's certainly on the Mount Rushmore of the oh, – yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you this, it's not Herbs. No. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had more – <laughs> well, they had the same amount of playoff appearances this year. Yeah. yeah, or No wins, but all right. Um, but then he wins at age 37, 39, 41, 43. So he won more Super Bowls after from 37 on than before 37. That was a different. I remember way back at Grantland, Bill Barnwell, and this was before they won. He won age 37. And he says, if you would look at Brady's career in reverse, so year one was that year, mm-hmm. let's say, which would have been maybe right before he won, maybe his age 36 year, maybe. And then his second year was 35. Imagine he'd be into his 10th year, he hadn't won a Super Bowl. Mm. And what would people have been saying? They would have said, oh my God, this guy's a regular season guy, not as good as Peyton Manning, but regular season, and he chokes in the playoffs. He's a choker in the playoffs. Like, it'd be a decade that that would be a fair narrative. He would have won two MVPs in that span. Yeah. And yeah. No and Super Bowls. No Super Bowls. So, and he would have lost a couple of Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. The undefeated year, the other Giants year. Was that, was that the only two? Uh, yeah, he he would have lost because the, the Philly was he, the other loss. He would have lost the two Giants years. Yeah, so two oh and two in the Super. Remember, for those a little older, John Elway before he won those last one two, he was oh for three in the Super Bowl, and all it was was he's a choke artist. He's a you know yeah, he, like like you're talking about the narrative. It's like I, this wasn't the narrative I grew up in. On it was it was like Elway was not in the same conversation as Joe Montana. Joe Montana beats Elway forty eight to ten. You know, that, I mean, that's, I mean. The, the, yeah, but that, it was, Elway in a way was the Dan Marino of the 90s until he won the two. He was so good. And remember, he had, he was almost like LeBron before LeBron won his first title, where he was taking teams on his back that that, that literally had no one else good. He won so many close clutch games in the regular season that mattered and in the playoffs, you yeah. know, the, the drive, but the he, fumble. But then he'd get to the championship game and couldn't, he just was, he was outgunned. Oh, not just outgunned. He played poorly. I mean, the whole team was just horrendous in those Super Bowls. It was an embarrassment. 
reimbursement. And then he wins two, and the whole narrative's different. Exactly. So it is fascinating to think if we just reverse some stuff. He was catching 11 against Green Bay. <laughs> 11. And they didn't cover, did they? they no, 14, they won outright. Oh, oh, that, fir- that, that first year. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, you're right, yeah. It was in uh, Green Bay won the year before, Billy lane was 14 on Den- against New England, yeah. if I remember. Billy was on Denver. Who was? Oh, okay. There you go. See, he loses too. Oh, no, on the winner. Oh, wow. On the winner, yeah. Of course. All right, good stuff. You know, we let's push Sean Payton to the end. We did a lot of non-Super Bowl stuff. So Sean Payton at the end, and we're going to ask AJ, and you had to stay tuned for this. What's his thought on Kellen Moore now with Herbs? Because I'm guessing he's not going to love Kellen Moore because if he does – that means that then Herbs is actually going to be accountable for his performance. And that's the last thing AJ wants. Prediction. Moving on, though. Super Bowl. Faz, why don't you start with your prop 101? All right. We'll talk about the game, but this is more generic. And AJ and Scott, feel free, and I will too, or Mackenzie. Let's see. Yeah, his mic's still on. Is. <laughs> If you have any questions, like if Fez says something that doesn't quite make sense, let's ask because in a way we're all learning because he's one of the best at this. So Prop 101, you want to avoid the needle and the haystack bets, the bets that are unlikely to win, and there's many, many different outcomes. Example, what will the exact final score be? Uh, 17-10. Oh, no. Who will score the first touchdown, the last touchdown? Who will be the MVP? Now, the bookmakers, and RJ predicted this about 10 years ago, I believe it was when the more than 10 years when the Giants upset New England, the books lost. Mm-hmm. And this was a big deal. This doesn't happen. There was very big often. money. There was big money line bets on the Giants. Giants. Yeah, the public bet the Giants money line. I believe that was the second time in 19 years that had happened that Vegas actually had lost during the Super Bowl. And RJ and I discussed this, and RJ said, you know, I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. <laughs> because what happens is that these bookmakers, they have diversified their portfolio, not just um, by doubling the expansion of the number of things you can bet on, but by incorporating things that they have bigger house edges on. So you're seeing more. What's What's the plan? 600, 600 props are thinking this year. Exactly. It, it will be over 60% of the handle, I bet, but across it, the world. But when you get the packages the more and more, and I'm already seeing it because some places are coming out now with their abbreviated versions, and the books are really hyping these um, needle in the haystack bets where it's like, will. Um, so, like, is another way to say it, long shot bets with uh, the, there's, all, there's a lot of possible winners, and they pay big. Exactly. Big so, you got, well, Kansas City will win by one to four points. Five to eight points, nine to 12. And it's like, it's almost like you, you put enough of these out there and there's not one outcome. Think about the Giants. All the Giants had to do was win. All right. Now it's almost like the bookmakers like, well, the only way we lose is the Giants have to win uh, or, or the, the, the underdog. The underdog has to win by 17 points and the favorite has to only score eight. That's the only possibility we wind up losing. And there has to be a safety. There has to be overtime. Kickoff return. This extra touchdown. Point. Exactly. There's got to, there's got both, both teams need to make fourth down conversions and 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 there's got to be three and there's got to be three missed field goals. Yeah, yeah, because that's all of the prices that pay you bigger. Hey, there's a safety, which is supposed to be Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's is it is it twenty to or nineteen to one safeties in the regular season? Yeah, it's like six percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it, after there was a couple of safeties, three in the years Super Bowl, in a row, three in a row. Then it was like they were paying like three to one or something. I yeah, when it, it cratered completely. Now I have a theory on the safety, which is and be careful with this. If people go into their database and they say, oh, it's one out of nineteen or whatever, 
well, what does the extra pressure, what does the extra pressure of the Super Bowl do to affect the game? And to me, safeties, the Manning year when it went over his head on the snap, that's pressure early in games. And remember, two of those years, if I'm not mistaken, the safety was the first score. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it was Brady threw an intentional grounding or something. And it, yeah, exactly. And again, pressure in the end zone. Yeah. And the, the, think about this. The, the, the true odds of a safety are only like 6%. And they're, they're pricing first score safety at like only 40 to 1. It was woefully inadequate because safeties tend to occur oftentimes at the very end of the game when teams might take an intentional safety when they're up four when they're up six to go up yeah, four. Yeah. So there's more safeties in the, in the regular well, season in the second it, half than the first half, but you nailed it. Nerves, especially early in the game, create did create two of those three safeties. The so, yes is 10 to 1. Okay, so it's gone back up now, but I wouldn't bet that for sure I wouldn't, but I wouldn't anxious. In the wood, are you able to bet the no? The no is minus 2,500. All right, so that wouldn't be good for the regular Cockroach. season. Cockroach. Yeah. Minus 2,500. And ten to one, <laughs> yeah. Okay. They, right. I mean, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard this before. I don't know, but you know, let's see. Cockroaches. <laughs> Cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> but I think overtime. So, Fez, you always talk about things like and talking about nerves for a second, or the pressure in first quarters, also. But we'll get to that. Is the idea of oh, they'll go for two here. They they won't want to go into overtime. Listen, whatever chance there is of that, it seems to go way down in a Super Bowl. Because, boy, you lose that Super Bowl because you go for two in a, in a tough spot. Let's say with 30 seconds left. I think that takes that takes balls of stone. Oh, ab- absolutely. I, I'm not advocating someone's going to go for two at the end of the regulation. No, no, I understand. But what I'm saying in general is what I, like, how does the – uh, the import of the game, the significance of the game, the stakes affect the play. You should consider that when you just look at raw numbers from the regular season. I I, I certainly agree with that, yes. Right, so continue on. So we know we don't want the big the hunting for those big payoffs with a lot of options. They bury the VIG. It, you can't you can't no one really has or very few people have an idea what the odds should be, so it's hard to complain about it. Right. It's either it feels right or it doesn't. And you know what? A lot of people are really bad at probability, thus People bet these things, but they're burying the VIG, and oftentimes that VIG or hold is 30% right? exactly in the midst right. of these big bets. So look at the options where only two things can happen. Something is going to go over or under. Bet both sides. You should be able to bet both sides at bet, a fair price. Bet both sides. Yes, ideally at minus 110 in each direction, minus 110 pricing, minus 140 plus 120. Yes is a nose. Will a quarterback throw an interception? Yes or no? You don't want to bet, will we, will, will we throw one? Will we throw two? Will we throw three? Yeah. You will know? the game go into overtime? Yes, plus 1,100. No, minus 8,000. 8,000. So they're saying we want no, none of that. So th- think about it. There's only been one overtime. In the history of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and if you bet it at those odds, you got crushed. That's interesting. <laughs> now, 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 what's fascinating, it, it, and that's coming from DraftKings. Yeah. So oh. some of the other books, and again, DraftKings does some things well, other things not. You know, no book's perfect. Circa is a book in town here that's done a lot of good things, um, offering the ability to bet both sides of futures and that, which is wonderful. 
um, in my opinion, because it makes it you can't you can't really screw as long as the straddle is fair. You can't really screw the player that right. Way. If someone complains, wait a minute, you're you're short paying me on this. It's like you can bet the no. Yeah, that's yeah. the beauty of it. So to me, they do. I bet when they come out with their numbers on these kind of events, it will be a fair price because one of my tenets of betting the Super Bowl props is bet like a bookie. Bet a lot to win a little if you're getting the right odds. Yeah, but bottom line, so all things being equal, what RJ is saying is, let's. I'm not even going to talk about what the prop is. So let's say the yes is minus 400, mm-hmm. all right, and the no it would be like plus 300, and you you, you you're given a free bet or, or you're just given a bet. Yeah, you know, you got to make a play. bet. You got to make a bet. Force play. I want no part of the three to one. I'll, I'll lay the minus the four dollars to win the dollar because that's probably the less bad bet, if not the profitable bet, because no one wants to bet that way. And the public's involved; they're betting everything. They don't want to risk four hundred to win a hundred. And so the, the, those, it, even though it's minus four hundred, it's minus four hundred for a reason. Probably the true odds are probably minus four hundred. A lot of wise guys do this. Tell me if you do. They bet the props leading up, and whatever bankroll they got left, they'll. Then say, okay, what is offering me the best odds? Is it no missed extra point, which was the case when it was 20 yarder for sure more, and then no overtime, no safety, whatever it is. And they look at their season long numbers or, or 10 year numbers and say, hey, this should be 14 to 1, or I'm sorry, this should be 19 to uh, win one, night, risk 19 to win one. It's only 14, so I'll lay 14 to win one. But you wait until, because there's other bets that are better, but with the last of the bankroll, you'll do that. Exactly. Because even though it's profitable, your ROI isn't very good. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is... Oh, or I, as good as the other bets. Exactly. So I got 40000 left over, all right? I, for whatever reason, I didn't spend it. The game's going to start in an hour. You know, I cut the line at Harris. I go up and say, what's no overtime? They go, you have to risk seven to win a dollar. It's like, give me 40000 on no overtime. Damn, Whatever you have left 40, in your pocket. 000. I'm just throwing that? out numbers. It just left in his pocket, isn't it? Nice to be fast. And then you would say, and you say, ah, I have $5 left in my With that wallet. 40 he could have almost bought your pool, AJ. Almost. Almost. I mean, almost. that and another 30 But that's the pocket change he's throwing down <laughs> on a, an NFL prop. A lot of free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beauty of the no overtime, pulling back the curtain, mm-hmm. like if you ever bet an underdog and you're catching six and a half or more, and let's say you made a substantial bet on that, mm-hmm. you couldn't lose both. Okay. Because if you went to overtime, you knew you were going to cash your plus six and a half on your dog. So you were going to go one and one or two and oh with a no overtime bet. They dovetailed really nicely together. Now, this brings up a very advanced concept that is not possible to explain on a podcast. And to be candid, I wouldn't trust myself to have the right answer is how much correlation do you have in your bets? Because in general, you're going to want to bet by some type of reasonable Kelly-esque, Kelly Criterion-esque type, okay, this much per bet based on my bankroll, or as I like to say, a theoretical bankroll, because most people don't have that just all partitioned off. But they know how much they could lose and, and still pay and be and not be you know destitute, right? In other words, they might have 80000 sitting in a safe deposit box to wager, but they're like, but I got 40000 over here that yeah. I could access but more likely, if need be, and they would access it. More yeah. likely, it's it's they got twelve hundred, and they know they can get another hundred. And I mean, that's if, it, yes. and again, you you just try to think like you know, however is reasonable. Try to think like a normal person. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying for whoever for each individual, they got to do it for themselves. But here's the key: 
you can bet more and, and listen, don't do this unless you understand it. But you can, in fact, you can clarify as I, you know, I'll lay out what I think is the case here. You can bet more if they're inversely correlated. So Fez is saying, let's say you are playing a nice chunk on the underdog in a hypothetical Super Bowl that's plus eight, right? And then um, you now you're betting the Super Bowl prop. You're like, okay, I can only bet this one. Well, no, you can bet more because you can't lose both. Yes. So in a way, what you're doing is hedging yourself with, but both bets are positive EV, you think, but there's a hedge and there's a advanced ways in which you can calculate exactly what you should be betting based upon the correlation or the reverse inverse of it. But again, I think it's dangerous stuff to do unless you really understand. Really complicated, dangerous stuff. Because let's say you like a quarterback to go over. Okay, so let's say you're betting yardage over. Say. So, well, that's the thing. So you have yardage over, completions over, attempts over. It's like, I'll just follow, do, do, do. I'll follow Kelly Criterion and I'll bet my 2% of bankroll. And that's the other side of it because they're then, correlated to the part where you can lose all three easier than not. And Mahomes is holding his ankle and he's not getting up in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Just flush 12% of your, of your betting bankroll down the toilet. You make a great point. I was talking about the one way where it's inversely correlated. You got to bet less when it's correlated because you can lose all your bets at once. Exactly. Which right. is kind of like when we were talking about Trump in 16 and the odds of it. And you were like, why is those odds not work? We were talking and why? Because I follow politics. At the time, I followed politics more closely than you. It's sort of been 16. And you said, why aren't the odds worse? He's got to like sweep six, like six of the seven That's states. A great point. And I'm like, well, if the market or if the general populace voting moves by the two or three percent it needed to, it would likely happen in all the states at once. Thus, there was a correlation between each of those states. So let me clarify. So like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Trump's projected to get 47 to 49% of the vote in all those states. Yeah, and, that's and, and let's say that each state reports first and you're blind on the other states. Trump won Wisconsin and Trump won Ohio. Well, guess what? Trump's chance of winning Michigan just went up dramatically. Yeah, whatever the expectation is, let's say Trump's supposed to win Ohio by six. If he wins by nine, then it means, oh, it looks good in other states. If he wins by three, even though he won, it looks worse in other states. And like the New York Times has a model in which they track this very closely and they can tell you early on what the odds of people winning. And people say, how could you know only X percent of the votes in? But usually, and this is different than the polls before, but usually those uh, the day of polls, especially when they're using the, the reported numbers, are really correlated, or they're very accurate and they're correlated, just like Mahomes' positive bets would be correlated, as, or, as, or negative as, bets. Especially in the same geographical area of the country, that Ohio and Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania will correlate more closely than Arizona yeah. to Ohio. Those, those advanced models... They still correlate. For, but they account for demographics and whatever, too. But Yeah, yeah so the R-squared, the correlation coefficient, is still there between Ooh. those two states. It's just not as high. That's a Northwestern uh, little line there. Um, you got anything? I was just going to say fake news. <laughs> All right, now. Uh, well, what's interesting is, speaking of that, is at the time, at uh, 1130, the night of the 2020 election, the uh, the betting markets, which had millions— tens of millions on them because there's I think it predicted maybe but some of them had big political batting and then you know so did like the um, bet fairs and that right yeah the Europe European books yeah, yeah. is at 11:30 Pacific Trump was like 78 percent to win the 2020 election and then he lost and he lost like you know let's just say forgetting the political side of this and the different debates by the count he lost handedly 
And he's like, how did that happen? It was because the model didn't understand that they had changed the rules and there was a lot more mail-in ballots. Mm -hmm. And based on the prior history, at this point, with that many people in, it would have been Trump like almost 80%. But he lost, again, by that count handedly because the model was wrong because of the change in the rules. So are you saying if they did it again next year, it would be or the results would be way different? No. What I would say, because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just mean with that. No, no. I don't know if they're going to how which states would revert back to the old rules or if they're going to keep the mail in. But what I would say is this. In 2020, if they had the rules that had been the case prior then Trump would have been about 80% to win at that point. So um, what happens in the future will be based upon how the rules change. Or okay. So, I just meant like would the model change, like would the model adjust if the rules stayed the same? Yes. The okay. model then, would, at least it would try to figure it out. But since they only have two elections in a way, it right. would be the 20, they would look back in hindsight. In the 22, they would look at the midterms. But again, whenever you, I mean, it's any model. Whenever, like, think about this: when the NFL changes the how long the extra point is, it screws up a lot of models because it takes a while to figure out what the truth is. And I'd also say because 2020, because it was COVID, that like that that affected the way people voted so much. I don't know that it'll ever, ever like if it may be a thrown out data point. Like we may never see anything like that again. Yeah, again, that's why this is not science. And right. Remember, on the day the, in 16 when the election day started, you could have bet Trump about 10. One, so I mean that that very act that happened on that day was a long shot based upon the polls. Okay, so Fez, the correlation and stuff very interesting. Be careful. Ask yourself with your bets. Look at them in totality. Are you betting a lot of things that seem to go together? Mm-hmm. Kansas City and Mahomes over. I mean, like there's a lot. Kelsey of, over. Mahomes over. Yes. Yes. If so, be careful with your bankroll. Even yeah, even if you're the type to throw forty thousand down at the end because you know you just got that left in your pocket. Next rule, <laughs> um, I want to throw something out that's cool. All right, I've never spoken about this. No way. Uh, coin, <laughs> coin toss. By the way, both these teams defer, so it's very likely uh, whoever wins the coin toss is going to defer. Uh, DraftKings and some other books have really favorable odds on the coin toss. Heads or tails. How favorable Novig minus one hundred each direction. Is that right? Yeah, I might put a bet down. So, well, well, here's <laughs> no, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in tails. Tails well, never fails. They say the, the coin being like half the time. I don't want to steal yeah, the thunder, yeah, yeah, but the yeah. coin's not equally laden. Uh, that's what I believe. Yeah, right, but but if you're if you're clearing a bonus. Minus one hundred is your friend. Uh, okay, okay. So you could bet like Scott, you and I like deposit ten grand in in DraftKings, and we get a bonus. But we got to bet ten grand, you know, or whatever it is before lock it. Can yep. you get me the? Head so you tails bet heads, count. I think, and I bet tails. Three, but... <laughs> then we just get our bonus. Yeah, and we yeah. just get our bonus, and we've and we've met a requirement with no risk. All right, so I'll drive. We'll go to Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Now here's the thing. Let's say you don't have someone to do that with, but you still want to, you know, get your uh, your turnover. Would you say betting, if you're a winning player, betting even money wouldn't be good. But if you're a, a losing player, that'd be the best way to clear your bonus, right? Yeah. yeah. The theory is it's no VIG. Yeah. And, and worst came to worst, like if you didn't have a, a, con, a confederate to bet it, because I don't think you should bet it both ways at the same shop, uh, it looks bad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but, but like the Westgate. But has, if you're a losing player, it doesn't matter. But Westgate, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> Westgate has minus 101. So you could just play, you know, so let me ask minus you 100 this. and minus 101. So I've been saying it. So here's my theory about the heads and tails is usually in the coin, it's a commemorative coin. And if you've ever seen a commemorative coin, they flip. The heads is ornate. It's usually got like a, you know, it's up in 3D and it's all like pronounced. And the tails is just flat. 
Well, it seems to me that side with the ornateness is heavier. On this side, we have the uh, NFL shield. And on the other side, the logo for Super Bowl 57, as you can see. All right. So now, (laughs) if you look historically, in fact, I've been saying that for a whole decade, right? 30 tails and 26 heads in history. Now, again, about five or six years ago, it it was tied. So, I mean, this has emerged now. And I'm not saying it's any, I'm saying, let's say it's 52%. Right, it's going to take a while to emerge in theory, yeah. or it could emerge quickly. But that's pretty. I, I tell you, it, it validates me at least in my own Whoever's mind. Whoever's making the, these coins, you, you yeah. always do say like, if, if, if we assume it's a fair coin, yeah. So you're saying it's not a fair coin. Well, there's no way in hell it's a fair coin. It's the the question is, does it come up more than fifty percent or less than fifty percent to say that 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 a commemorative big ass coin with different sizings? Yeah, is but, gonna but land have 50, you ever 50? seen a coin where the tails is going to be more? Ornate in the head certainly seem unlikely, wouldn't it? And, and, and the bottom happens, line is the physics is the heavier side goes to the ground. And and, and the bottom line is like you, you have to say, is that enough to overcome the house of Vig? Well, the house of Vig is, is zero. Yeah, even if you're, it's you're, a, even if it's a one tenth of one percent in theory, you know. Yeah, I think I exactly. saw Circo minus one hundred four, minus one hundred three. They're, they're you know they, I. I Chris Andrews once wrote, he made it minus 120 in each direction because he said, if you're stupid enough to be betting on the coin toss, I'm going to charge you for it. <laughs> he said he got more action. More people bet it. Well, no, here, now this to me is the most fascinating about if you want to study hu- human gambling psychology. All right, let's say you go 105, 105, but then you do this you make it 108, 102. Now, let's just say you make tails 102. All right. What happens is, some of the people come in and go, shit. Money's coming in on the head. Yeah, Money's on the head. Somebody oh, yeah. knows something, and they lay the one away. <laughs> it's a reverse line movement on heads. The steam chasing the coin toss. This absolutely happens with them, to use a comparable um, betting proposition. They say, well, one team score an odd or an even number of points. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a dead 50-50. It's a dead 50-50 in every sport. The only exception, well, soccer wouldn't count because team yeah, scores yeah. zero. Baseball, if you have a dominant pitcher, the zero could be enough to tip you towards even for any one team, okay? Um, now, we're not talking about the final score. Well, we're talking about? about one team. One team score. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we're talking about you know, Chiefs, odd or even. But this happens all the time. Where you'll see well, with a series of sevens and threes, there's no, there's no propensity to go one way or the other. None whatsoever. Because that seems almost impossible. No, it's it's just randomness. Do you? But but what I'm saying is sevens and threes are going to. But you come. don't know if you're going to get the three and and the other guy is going to get the, the, the you know the six and if you get the seven you're going to get the ten. It's like it it, it, it turns out it's 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 well, truly fifty fifty. All right. Well, I'm not saying what I'm saying is I wouldn't guess it would be because like we know if we look at one team scoring how often it comes up 21, 20. We did that work a month ago, right? Right. So how do you come to twenty? Right. Generally, it's going to be two touchdowns and two extra po- or or two field goals, right? Yeah. So now. The question is, if you look, that's interesting. If we look, if we add up the key numbers of how often a certain score happens and just sum their percentages, it will be exactly fifty percent. Boy, if, with a ten zillion uh, sample size, it has to be. The math wow. says it has to be because if you score twenty, mm-hmm. then then your opponent's more likely to score twenty three and twenty seven and seventeen and 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 thirteen because threes and sevens for the final score are the most likely. Okay, but if you go, 
Huh. I haven't thought about it. I'm going to look at that, but go ahead. Okay. So, but what happens pursuant to what you're saying is every now and then I'll see, will Texas Tech score odd or even? And you'll see evens, like odds minus 121 and evens plus 102. You see even or odd numbers that are pluses, and they sit out there. No one bets that, and it's a true 50-50. I always bet it. I just bet plus. I don't get like plus 110, but I, see, I get plus 101s, 102s, 103s all the time, and I just randomly bet it. And why are those odds being offered? Because someone else has bet the other side. Some rich millionaire just decided that Texas is going to score an even number of points, and he made a max. But why bet. would the book? Why would the? But why would the book? I could see going to Novig. I think it, it's auto move. I think they just uh, have an auto move that pops it and moves. That, it. that seems cowardly, right? There. I mean, it's I mean, ridiculous. There can't be that much money bet that we you got to get back the mo- other side, you know. So we got to entice it. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe it is a human that says, "Well, we got eight, we got five thousand dollars on these guys to landing even. So let's get well, some money we back go. on." Well, here we go. Right odd. now at draft. Kings, the odd minus one thirty, the even plus one ten. Now that's a different. That's the final score of the game. That's, oh, that's combined. That's okay. combined. Now that's different. Like RJ says, that lands odd more than even. Now Mackenzie's making a good point on the screen here. He's saying two odd numbers added together. One odd number equals odd. Two odd numbers equals even. Three odd numbers equals odd. Four odd numbers equals even. So what you're saying is like encapsulate. So this seems like one of those like uh, math trick question kind of things. Where what are you saying here, McKenzie? If you randomly selected how many odd numbers are added together, fifty mm-hmm. percent of the time you're in even country, fifty percent of the time you're in odd country. Okay, but we're not talking about random odd numbers. We're talking about seven and three. I think two a, odd numbers. I think a good way. But, so any two odd numbers. Oh, go ahead. This is a good point. What McKenzie has. So literally, like if things go according to Hoyle, no safeties and no mm-hmm. no no screwed up extra points. Every time you score, you flip. From odd to even to odd to even. No so, matter if it's seven or three. So, right. Okay. So, so am I going to score three times, four times, five times, six, seven, eight, nine, okay, ten? So you know, then, it's just, it's okay, just so then the question becomes, but then the question becomes, there's going to be a cluster in the normal distribution of scoring. So if the cluster came in the right place, it could be, yeah, if you went out to infinity, but let's, let's just say baseball, for example, right? So baseball, it could be zero. It could and, be- and baseball, the zero, you're right. I think even's more common because the, the zero is like you start on zero, mm-hmm. and if you have a dominant pitcher, then zero become, is more likely. Yeah. You, you, no, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it does feel like. Like soccer is the extreme. Even's more common for a final score. So yeah, I got for the an odds. individual team because a lot of teams score zero. Team odd or even, it's minus one ten all four ways. Yes. So like Chiefs yes. odd, Chiefs even. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. now, one I've seen, and I want to double back to the psychology for a minute because we kind of jumped off of that. But w- one I've seen that's related to yours, Fez, is what is, is the jersey number of the first touchdown odd or even? And I, I've seen times series betters. You know, did the math and really liked one side of that. Oh or the yeah, other. I, I, you know, absolutely. Because I mean, let's if Barry Sanders has what number was Barry? Twenty. 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 That's an, that's I believe that's an even number, and Barry Sanders was scoring all the touchdowns for Detroit. So you know, what we'll, Super Bowl was this? Uh, good example. <laughs> but I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, a Detroit Lion game. You know, Lions player to score the first touchdown. I'm going to bet even. Yes, for the jersey. Yeah, I see jersey number over under 11 and a half. 
So there's a lot the of work. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of work to be done with that. That I'm sure the bookmakers Skeleton. have, have yeah. looked at the projections and the like. Jalen Hurts is number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. But if you had opinions on a couple players where you thought they were good, like anytime touchdown or whatever, and they were all in one of these groupings, then you'd have a good. This is a, a great point because you could say, boy, you know, I'm I'm pro on Boston Scott more likely to score than someone else, and I'm pro on and and if all your players happen to have odd jerseys, yeah. that's it's a like, way to it's get a, a bun- it's like a bundle. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Fez, what do you think of the idea, though, is that with a minus one away, hey, it's going to be steam is is on the, the, the heads or whatever. But then if it's minus one or two, they're saying, oh, that's where the value is. I, I, I hear it all the time in the book. I hear all the time. But there's a reason. Vegas knows. How often well, do you hear it's that? It's so funny how the Vegas knows has become something that people scoff at. Well, if we the sharp people. Well, well, I disagree though. I I think that if we look at the market, like what is Vegas? To me, Vegas isn't what Chris Andrews or any book thinks, right? Because they're going to move that very like like Circa is has as much opinion as anyone, right? As much as Chris Andrews, as much as whomever, right? It's not about any end of Jay Corner, Gay, whatever, mm-hmm. and they opened up at two and a half Kansas City, and. Within 15 minutes, they were they had an opinion because Bet Online at the time was like Kansas City one or one and a half. Circa had an opinion. They said Kansas City should be the clear favorite. Made them KC minus two and a half. Exactly. And, and, what, and what bookies say is my opinion's worth one limit bet. Yes. And then once that limit bet comes in, my opinion now is been moved. <laughs> so really, the line at any point close to the game. Is the market? It's what the people are saying. It's the people's line. It's, it's, yes. it's the wisdom of crowds. Yes, and it's but not. It's not a democracy because the little two dollar bet isn't worth as much as the twenty thousand dollar bet. Exactly. So it's a weighted wisdom of crowds that is smarter than any other system on earth. Because if there's another, here's the here's how you know that. If the system were better and became public, it would instantly be integrated into. The wisdom of crowds. Yes. A la Ken Palm. If Ken Palm would have kept his ratings secret, and in theory these ratings are better than what the lines were pre-Ken Palm, then he could have won money ad infinitum. And it, it, it's a it, unless he would have drawn enough attention to himself, mm-hmm. but if he would have spread his money around, he could have won money, uh, you know, forever. Right until someone came out with something better than his numbers that the market became aware of, but the market became aware yep. of Ken Palm's numbers, and now they're almost in lockstep. Right? Yeah, you can like you can almost project. I, I mean, I do this on the college basketball pod twice a week. We I take uh, Ken Palm and another site called Bart Torvik, and basically guess what the line will be. And it's it's rare that it's off. <laughs> and when it's off, it's because the team's supposed to be flying to Arkansas and they wind up in Wichita. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of that, in the NBA, there's a scenario like that. Someone got stuck in Dallas or something. Well, the Pistons game was canceled. Last yeah, tonight. but now, yeah. but but now they got two games back to back. I think Friday and Saturday. I, I got a Ooh. feeling it's going to be a fatiguing situation, perhaps. Because it'll be tired going into the first. Game. Yeah, that's what you would think. Um, that'd be a good time for a two-team parlay, maybe mm. against them both games. Um, so, oh, so. The analogy would be to finish this up is imagine if any time there's like a king and he gets to say, oh, that that new maiden, she's mine. If it's a king, it's someone walks and goes, oh, hey, look, I'm Ken Palm. I got great ratings. Oh, these are good. They're mine now. <laughs> it's that That's what the market says by taking them and integrating them. And thus the market is the smartest of any individual because, again, it would be integrated if it became known. 
Now, how do you how do you win? How does Fez win? How do you win? How did AJ go? What was your record? Fifty-eight, thirty-four, and one. You Thank can't you. remember that? No, because I just I changed I, it this week because I added the numbers to it. You added what one and one, one and one? Yes. <laughs> mm. Do you know people's phone numbers? No. Seven okay, that's that. that's consistent. Do okay. you know people's phone numbers? You, 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 the people I call all the time. Yeah. Well, back in the day, that, that was always the thing. Is seven numbers is what the hum- an oh, average human can understand. And this is the difference between like my generation, yeah. because because we like you, you had to memorize. You had numbers. to punch it into the into the phone. Yeah, you had to dial. I, I mean, I remember those days, but uh, like you knew your best friend's number. You had a best friend, right? I did have one. Did yeah. you? Rem- do you still remember his number? No. Yeah, you took a lot of blows. I guess so. Yeah, and you I didn't can even... still remember my best friend's number. I remember my girlfriend in high school's phone number. Well, you were prank calling her like dirty calls and shit. The first he's calling, he's calling, he's calling, and you didn't even just t- type it on the keypad. You actually like took the number, the rotary, down. You, the That's rotary, and just spin yes. it all the way around. I don't remember that, Fez, but I'll, yeah, I believe you. Did you, you remember when you used to pick the thing up and you, you, you call the operator? Hello, can you connect uh, me no, to? Was... <laughs> Fez was talking to the woman who was plugging the, the switches. Yeah, that, the, 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 he the board a, he, was, she thought he thought she was crushing on him. I was post Green Acres, <laughs> which used phones like that. Yes, when Fez, but did you? you tip the telegram man is the real question <laughs> they, they only had single numbers she was like i'd like to call i like to call number nine <laughs> call it number nine you got shit you got it that's good yeah but somehow ag's defraying attention from his bad memory mm. i can't remember my brain doesn't work I, well like that it i doesn't. had last week's and then i went one and one <laughs> or when you get hit with three ddt's that can cause some problems all right but listen either way what was the record 58 34 and one that's good all right. I have the cluster on the jersey numbers if you're interested. Okay. So the total, it's uh, over under 11.5 for the first touchdown score. The under is minus 140. The over is plus 110. The players that would be under 11.5 Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith for the Eagles, Isaiah Pacheco, McKinnon, Juju, and Valdez Scantling for the Chiefs. So finishing up. Is if you say Vegas, meaning the market, Vegas knows. Vegas knows. Yes. Okay. If we say the bookies, no, they don't. No, That's they why don't. they're scared shitless to open a number up, unless it's a rare group that does, which I have a lot of respect for. And that's why you see, like, at, when a place like the Westgate puts up all their props on Thursday night, there's these guys with these sunglasses and the baseball hats, like writing down every single line. And then going back to their home book and copying, I mean, originating props that go up right after that it looked yeah, exactly I'm thinking, like I'm thinking the they're waiting gate. the hour or two for those lines to be shaved up. Then they, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is, and again, but that's smart. The, it's smart. It's, and it's the beauty of it, too. But this is one of the reasons why there's so little bookmaking talent in most books, most, that there's been numerous stories of a line put up wrong by Chris, like a total on a game, and it's like 30 points off, and it gets bet down 30 points before someone figures out that it was wrong. Yeah, the and, and we documented this when we had our local show. You yeah. had your local show, and there was a, a team that was just running and gunning in the A-10. I think it was Duquesne. And so the game before the Duquesne on the rotation schedule was like 133, and Duquesne should have been 153, and the book just co- one book copied and made it 133 for both games. And everybody put up 133, and all day long that game you got think bad. As up, it kept getting up, bad. up, up, and it was so slow. Think about it. In t- t- today, that would that would have gotten smashed a lot faster. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, maybe. Um, I guess my point is, very few people 
Uh, most people, you ask someone, again, guess the lines in the NFL, yeah, it's doable. You say someone guess the totals in the NBA or something? Really hard. It's hard. I mean, yeah. unless you're truly an originator who's winning. But, I mean, you wouldn't feel great. Like, if I told you if you're within four points, you win. If you're not, I win. And you had to do a bunch of NBA totals, right? Oh, no, no chance. In fact, I, I went home. I have to tell you the story. So I, I, there was a final score that landed 236, and I asked McKenzie, I said, did that game go over or under? And he looked down, and he says, oh, it was right around the number. And I was, like, so happy that I like, actually knew that the Golden State total was – I was in the ballpark. Well, this was after the game. Well, after was the after- game was over, and I hadn't looked at the rotations. But, oh, but I, you didn't I, know I, what I, the no, total was. Okay. Yes. Give me an example of a bet you've made that's a bet a lot to win a little. Uh, this is like betting like a bookie in theory if you can get the right numbers. So th- I saw a prop bet. Will either kicker miss two or more field goals? And I'm okay. like, that's not very likely. But let me, let me I, I looked, I thought about two things. One is, hey, we're in a dome in Arizona, good kicking conditions, mm-hmm. less likely I'll miss than my season long averages. I looked at, at Butker and Elliott. Turns out neither one of them has missed two field goals all year long in a single game you're saying in a single okay. game i delayed minus 500 i happily did it i made the i bet i risked 5,000 to win a thousand well, not gonna happen okay so what is the uh what do you estimate the true odds being of that probably about 12 percent okay so you're saying you should lay minus 700 would be a fair price exactly and i'm laying 500 okay value so that's interesting because you got a sample size of 19 games for each kicker, oh, what, did uh, Buckner yeah. didn't kick every game? I think he did. No, he only no, he missed missing games. games. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay, I just looked through his game log, so it yeah. doesn't show that he's. he's so, out. Yeah. so we've got. Uh, you said twelve. Thirteen games. Thirteen games, and then the um, Philly kicker, Elliot, was all games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now only one of them have to do that. But you theory, you're saying it's o for thirteen in one case, o for nineteen in the other case. Yes. And you're still acknowledging, hey, maybe it's it's one and eight. Yes, right? exactly. Because you got more pressure in the yeah, Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. And, but you got great kicking conditions, which you don't didn't have all year long, in especially Philly in and Kansas KC. City. Yeah, and, and you have or a, in Philly, and you have two aggressive teams that would likely go for it on four. Well, that's likely Andy Reed, all I don't think meets that category. Now, this I, I got to comment on this. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. This blew my mind. I think it's justified. Um, Caesars has a prop. Will the team have a successful fourth down conversion? And Kansas is close to pick up, yes or no. All right. My the, the yes is a slight favorite. Philadelphia is more than a minus two hundred favorite. I don't know what the current number is like. Mm-hmm. Minus two forty, yes, that they will convert a fourth down. So the disparity is enormous that um Sirianni is like much more aggressive. Much more aggressive. And I believe I know that uh, Philly had like over twenty fourth down conversions for the year. McKenzie, we've got the and that numbers, quarterback sneaks on stop. McKenzie, we got the numbers that we did last Friday, uh, in which we were looking at the various uh conversion first downs on first down, second down, third down, fourth down. Give me the what uh Philly and what Kansas City is, X of Y, you know, how many did they make out of how many attempts on fourth down? Gotcha. Um it's if I recall, the Steelers had the the least number of attempts. Oh, is that right? Uh, but they actually were like somehow eight. I think they were like eight and three converting. So hmm. they did well, but it wasn't a ton. Um, okay, so this is a good example of. So the books figuring one, most people don't want to lay the number. They want to think, oh, you can miss two. I would make the case. What makes this even better is in the Super Bowl. If you miss one. 
you're going to be much less likely to bring that kicker out in a questionable. Exactly. Right? On that fourth and three. And we saw, and obviously we saw that with Dallas when Maher was struggling. It's like, no, don't don't even let that him come back out there to try yeah. to kick a field goal. Yeah, we're, we're going. And they can miss as many extra points as they want. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. um, so this is an example of a prop that isn't everywhere. But you, your package, and, and it's worth promoting this, is this is something where you are giving on a daily basis, whatever you bet, at a certain point of the day, you're putting it up for everyone else to bet. And you're putting up, your goal is, or your expectation is you're going to have about 11 star-rated, widely available props, right? And your history on those, and we talked about it earlier a little bit, your history the last three years, and you've won for as long as I can remember, but the last three years we got the exact data is what? 23 and 6. 23 winners, 6 losers on the star rated. Now, what we did last year, which I liked, and I think we should do again if you agree, is have one best bet prop, just one, and then have two other three stars, and then the rest is going to be twos and threes based on how you feel about it. Exactly right. So now, if someone wants to bet only three of them, or, or for more money, they're there. If someone wants to bet one for even more, it's there if they want to. But then, this is the bonus part. Every prop you bet, even if it's available in one place, you're putting up that day, and this is like one that's up right now, or it's, it's going to be up by tomorrow morning. Exactly right. All right so how yep. many of these, let's say, non-widely available are you going to have? I have 20 so far, so I will oh my set God. the so, over-under. So, so, so if someone gets the package right now, they're seeing tw- they're, or they get the package when this is released Thursday morning, they're going to be able to log in, if, buy the package, go to pregame.com, buy picks, and then see 20 props that you've bet. Exactly right. Damn. And, and how many star rated do you have up? So two star rated. Already. Both okay. two stars. I didn't want to go above a two star because the market is still – it's widely available, but it's not liquid enough to put up, in my opinion, a three-star prop. I want to wait for more books to post first. All right. I'm deciding to do this right now, but it will be at the front of the pod because you know why? Because, we, like you know, we recorded after the pod so I can tell you guys what happened effectively. I'm going to give an extra – now, how much are – if I remember right, 39 bucks, right, is your yes. package. Now, I'll be honest. To get your Super Bowl opinions, you know, quarter bets, whatever else you're doing, and all these props with your record, we could charge more. I mean, we use this not as a loss leader, but you know how, like, Scott, you know how, like, Pepsi-Cola, you might be able to get a two-liter of Pepsi for, like, 89 cents at Kroger – and that's they call that a loss leader. They get people in the door, right? mm-hmm. even though they're not making money on it. We'll make listen. Thirty nine's making money, but it's not near as much as I. Th- I think if we charge ninety nine, there'd be a lot of people that would buy that. I, I can tell oh, you I'm this: sure. at least half of them would buy. I know that. Yes. But I want to get people used to seeing your style because it's a winning style. And if you like Fez and you like to win, this is a great chance. So for thirty nine, it's a great deal. I'm going to give five more dollars off. Just five because you know why? It's a good enough deal. But I'm going to give you five more because you listen to the pod. Let's go Fez five. Now, here's the trick. Fez misspelled his own name for years. F-E-Z. It's really supposed to be F-E-Z-Z because your name is Fez. Don't you agree? Think about yes. it. Fez. I don't know. It's Fez. Yes. So two Z's. Plus, it's more distinctive. You see that, you think of a guy who's strong. You see the onesie, you think weak. Mm. 
What do you think, he, AJ? He's just going on abbreviations, though. He's like, <laughs> I watch these teams. It's, I mean, it's L.A. Chargers. It's L.A.C. Yeah. He's going, he's, he, he, that's what he's doing. He's Fez deserves an extra letter. I think he deserves an extra ladder. So when you do it, if it's F-E-Z-Z-5. Get $5 off. Just this package, it's good for it. And now you're getting it. Let me just do some quick math. $34. Now that's a deal. If I didn't, ha- if I didn't get access to your stuff, I'd be buying it right now. What do you think, Scott? Scott I already bought you, it. You had to buy it. I yeah. already did. You didn't use the coupon? No, you owe me five dollars now. Don't be, <laughs> don't be moving the market. <laughs> All right. Now, we'll, you know, now that we're taking a minute to kind of celebrate things, AJ's killing the college basketball. He's got those numbers, I'm sure, right? In front. Oh, did you go one and one yesterday in the throws? No, I'm up 25 units. I don't know the exact uh, the record. Well, maybe up. you should get the record. I'll pull that up. The, the, the only worth it. The only or, or when your next check comes. We'll just, you know, make it right close to the right number, but maybe a little short. AJ Go. has literally won like every big bet he's had. And I feel, I feel, I feel bad about this. He, he I sent him information that a team their their flight didn't work out, so they had mm-hmm. to take a twelve. So this hour. is part of the Fez Network. So Texas A and M, they're trying to get to Arkansas, and they have to go to Wichita. Oh, that sounds like a, a country song. Then they went, it's like planes, trains, and automobiles where they got stuck in Wichita also. So they had to take an eight hour, like a six hour bus ride, sleep overnight, then another four so hour bus ride. What do you feel ride. bad about? AJ says, oh, three minutes before he played on the team uh, that was, that was going to have to do the bus ride. I got, I got the informa- information to him three minutes late. College basketball, that's AJ's specialty. And let's be candid, it's heating up. You've got one Super Bowl, one game left, a lot of props, but. AJ, I've got the numbers hot off the presses. But sales keeps me informed. Now I'm seeing here star rated. So you're one, two, and three. Yep. You're up 22 stars in the last two weeks. Yeah. All right. So that's over 60, well, 61% during this time. If you're $100 better, betting 100, 200, 300 on the one, two, threes, you'd be up 2,200. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah. Now, do you feel like now earlier in the year you did good, you didn't, you did, you did. It was a little seesawy. Was that driven by the portal? You know, you know, because to me the transfer this year was different than any year in history, really, for college basketball. Yeah, I think some of it with college football is the same way. Like you, you have to get a feel for how the transfers fit in with teams because it's not just comparing. Lat- it's you're also you're you know rating the guys who come in as freshmen, but also these transfers. It's almost like a, a whole second crop of of freshmen that. Have experience. It's it's a weird thing, but uh, a lot of transition. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, I mean, my my thinking is next year you're going to have a better handle on it. But you know, even with that not great start, you're up big on the year. And like we said, 22 star rated uh, and 60. I like this. To me, the 60 percent Fez. When you hit 60, it feels good. It feels like it can't be fluky. I agree. And what I love about what AJ does is he's got a schedule uniquely qualified to help you win when you're aboard with him because he's doing SOVAM early, early in the it's morning. It's AM, baby, on and, the East Coast. And so he's doing all his work before everybody else. So, boom, in comes his plays, and he's often, oftentimes getting a jump on the marketplace, being able to, to attack and the lines when those they're early. Right? Yeah, overnights usually. All right. So, yeah, I like it. So, that's an option. We're going to be talking some college basketball leading up to, um, you know, we're going to have a segment leading up to March Madness with, we're hoping AJ doesn't bore the, non, I'm, I, I'm a non-college basketball guy, so I'm going to be the, the bellwether if he bores, no pun intended, if he bores me, then we just end the segment right there. Oh, you're going to love what he has to say. 
Mm, I'm hoping. It's a unique year. This is the most unique year we've ever seen. All right. So check him out. And like we said with Faz, you've got the – and and again, the the, the thing that people say is let's wait until after the Super Bowl. No, now is the time people want to get their bankroll going before the Super Bowl. Because they want to bet more on the props and stuff. So, and there's no the, other than college basketball and NBA, there's nothing to bet right now. No, right? I Hockey, mean, I guess. UFC, I, I see. golf, tennis. You see what, what the, the Russian dude Fedor? What's his name? Fedor. It's his last one, right? Yeah. What's the odds? He's not in the UFC though. I know, but what's his odds? Uh, they range pretty widely. He's not. Well, that's a great opportunity. He's not expected to do well though. I, but th- my understanding is he's won five of his last six. But the only one he lost was to this guy. They they've done a good job of placing he because he's a a feature fighter for Bellator. Uh-huh. They've done a good job of placing opponents in front of him that he has a a, a good chance of of beating. Setups. He's. I don't want to say setup, but he's, he's doing rocky. You can get between plus two forty five and plus two eighty on Fedor right now. And you and do you, do you want to fade it? Fade Fedor. <laughs> so Fedor is like my favorite fighter ever. Uh-huh. I don't pick him to lose. Damn. But I, but I don't bet on him when I think he is going to lose. You don't and pay. I like to bet. To me, when I know a team or a person, I want to bet either way. I'm, I'm not betting on him to lose. I don't. I don't I bet against that. my mom. <laughs> Remember in, in Rocky Three when they when they they show the, all the guys Rocky's knocking out and it's like big yank. You know, he's just hey, Rocky clubs the oh, uh, the okay. German champion. It's like they look like setups to me. He goes, you get, don't stand a chance, Rock. <laughs> he goes, set up. Yeah, that's good. That's it. Was look. bums. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> I'll knock it tomorrow. Oh, and then then Mickey goes down. No, they were good fights. But <laughs> how many times have you seen Rocky? <laughs> Too many. Wouldn't it be funny if somehow his house floods? He has to go to Fezzik's house for a couple of days, and Scott and, and Fez is just watching Rocky <laughs> on like like on Blu-ray, not Blu-ray. On what was the thing back in the like day? Eight millimeter. <laughs> no, yeah. the uh, no, no, the thinking, big discs. Yeah, what were those called? Uh, it was some ray. It was another ray. It wasn't Blu-ray. It was uh, what was those called? Laser discs. Laser discs. Fez gets out his pristine laser disc <laughs> in Rocky Three. <III. laughs> oh, I love it. You want to hear an interesting real quick on that? There was a um, movie called The Bad Lieutenant, which was rated X. Harvey Keitel was in it. It's a great movie. Have you seen it? No. It has gambling all through it. He was he he does a Martindale. Is that how you say it? Martin? Yep. Martin. Mm-hmm. In which he keeps betting the four games of a series, saying that it was Mets versus I can't remember who the Mets. Oh, the Dodgers somehow. So it was supposed to be the World Series, I guess. And each time he loses, loses, loses. Mm-hmm. But the guy who made this movie was a real hardcore guy. Abe Bogota or Abe something I can't remember. Played Fish and Barney. Miller. No, it's not that person. That that was actually uh, actually that person was in Godfather One, right? Sal, yeah, yeah. For old times' sake, can't do it, Sal. But anyway, I always liked him. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. You, you you're watching a lot of movies with Johnny now. But anyway, here was the thing: is there was a a rap song that was perfect, supposedly for the scene. That only was allowed, it was in the movie, but it was not in any of the DVDs or any of the VHSs. And the movie came out like 92. But there's one Blu-ray in which it has the original music. That Somehow it got put out. Then they stopped it, so it's a rare disc. But the director says he wishes the movie wasn't out because it doesn't have this scene in Mm. the right way. And I was thinking, how much does it cost to get a Blu-ray? Right, Because you can get those cheap, you know, and can I find that disc? Again, I, I was thinking of it for 10 minutes. I never did it. But wouldn't that be cool if you just had a Blu-ray machine, or uh, I'm sorry, a um, laser disc machine, 
that only had one disc in it, and it's just for that scene. That would be like a museum piece. It'd be a flex. Yeah. Is what it the would kids would call it. Yeah. Abel Ferrara is the guy's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then they made the bad lieutenant. New Orleans. New Orleans. Port of Call with Nicolas Cage. That is crazy. I love that. You one. love that one? Oh, my God. Is it great? The, the director of that is Walter Herzog, who's a famous director of documentaries. He did Grizzly Man. Yeah. You see it? I do see it. Uh huh. You didn't know I knew that, did you? I didn't know you knew that. <laughs> it's a good one. But Ava I, Mendez? Yeah. There's a great scene. I think. Sold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> true. And, and it has a Feruza Balk in it. Uh, Val Kilmer's in it. Mm-hmm. It's very good. But it's Nicolas Cage on his, his most unleashed. In fact, next week in the Super Bowl pod, I will have a uh, an outtake cut from that. Okay. Because it's, it's a great scene where he goes, it's the break of dawn is what I actually have it, but it's not, hmm, here's what I'll do. I'll play it right now, but this is not the best version of it. No, yeah, yeah, uh, here it is. This is Nicolas Cage. To the break of dawn. To the break of dawn, baby. <laughs> he's like driving with these drug guys. So he's a cop, but he uh -huh. turns bad. He's like the bad lieutenant, right? So he's getting like 10,000 10, for something he did. And the guy goes, I'll give it to you tomorrow. He goes, tomorrow? He pulls out his gun. He's driving. He goes, give it to me right now. He goes, okay, okay. And he goes, I'll get it. You know, and he starts double talking. And he goes, I'll kill all of you. He goes, to the break of dawn, <laughs> which makes no sense. Was he going to just kill them again and again and again? And then instead of thinking, that doesn't make any sense, he just goes, to the break of dawn, baby. And just laughs like a maniac. That is great script. It, it's awesome. I, w I want to I want to give I want to hear your guess on Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. IMDb. IMDb and or Rotten Tomatoes. All right, IMDb is going to be is going to be a four point nine. Six point six. Okay. Oh, the mark of the beast almost. <laughs> but but in a way, I'm surprised because it's so edgy. It's so over the top. It's hard to take. But it's so it's one of those you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Now, on Rotten Tomatoes... I'm thinking low. It's There's one high number and one low number. The audience score? Oh, audience great. score. Well, audience score should be in line with IMDb. 57%. Okay. And the low the score... tomato meter, uh -huh. 86%. Well, you know why... Herzog is so respected. Nobody's going to put a bad mark yeah. on Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. So what we figured out, Fez, is if you use Fez, F-E-Z-Z, -Z, five, you get five bucks off. And my understanding is this is as cheap as it's going to get. That is correct. And there's talk that it might go up in price. I'm in discussion with management over this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe. I'm thinking, because it feels too cheap to me. But uh, let's let's do this. A minimum, let's let the listeners have a chance tomorrow and Thursday to get it at the regular. The soonest we would up it would be Friday. Yes. And if we up it, the coupon would still be good, but it'd be up more than $5. So think, you know, just do the math. Um, and let's make, I'm going to make this coupon through... Friday. That's it. It's it's time to move. Yes. It's like cuz I don't want people getting it next week, which is fine. It's better to get it next week than not getting it, but getting it now means you get the line moves. Exactly. Like before the move often times then people are going to complain, "Oh, I didn't get this." I don't know. Literally, I'm coming on each day. Well, each day the plan is to 
3 p.m. I'm updating everything at 3 p.m. Pacific. Pacific, although I probably can't update tomorrow at 3 p.m. because I have a commitment. Okay, okay, yeah. But in general, it's going to be what you— Unexpected one. And each day, you're going to let the people know what, that, what when time. you expect it the next day. Right, so they don't have to keep like hitting refresh. Yeah. And if something urgent comes up and there's something really, really good, I will put it up that if I know it's going to move before that. 23 winners, six losers last three years, and like we said, you already got 20 like let's say uh, lesser lesser available props. Yes. All right. Good stuff. All right. Anything else with the props in general on how you approach them? You know, I wanted to talk about the historic low scoring in the Super Bowl first half versus second half. First quarter more so. And right? first quarter exactly. Really, it's driven completely by the first quarter. It looks like the memo has gone out on this. This total on this Super Bowl is fifty one. And the first quarter's nine and a half. Now, the first quarter shouldn't be, you know, twenty-five percent of the total, but it should be like over ten, lay a dollar twenty on a fifty-one total. The fact that it's nine and a half, I know the biggest to the over. The memo has gone out. This is a really low first quarter so number. Yeah. Here's what I kinda like the over. And why I on the first quarter. Yeah. I love kind of reversing things, you know, the swerve. And I think I like it too much, to be honest. I want to buck convention a lot. But number two, I, I think that Andy Reid is really good in his first 15 plays. And Philly's really good early. Now, they've been good in the second quarter, you know, even more this year. But it, it, remember, Tom Brady had one touchdown, I think, if I'm right, in 10, in, in 10 Super Bowls first quarter. And I don't think he's in this game. Yeah, it does feel like a lot of this is driven by <laughs> Belichick and Brady's conservative I think, I think I think that that's a great point. We're on the same page. We're attacking a little bit differently because one, one of the bets I made was second quarter over because a book had 13 and a half on the second quarter. Most books had 14. I'm like, oh, that's a really low second quarter. I think seven and seven is a key, a key number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, now we were talking about fourth downs. We got some numbers on that. Eagles uh, fourth down this year, they've converted twenty five of them. That's six percent of their conversions of all first down conversions. Six percent on fourth down, and then uh, ten only ten for the Chiefs. So two percent of their first downs. By the way, Chiefs with more first downs this year. So. Mm. 454 versus 435. So we'll be we're certainly going to be looking for a team to get the first fourth down successful conversion. That would be a good one. The data here says the Eagles should be like uh what is that? Like a minus 250 favorite? Yeah, yeah. I actually Scott had some interest in some of the overs with fourth. I think he's right on with it. I think so. You want to elaborate on that? Over one and a half fourth down conversions minus 170. That's combined for both teams. That's for the whole game. Now, what was your instinct on that before you saw the numbers? That all I need is one from each team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Eagles are so aggressive with that quarterback sneak that's virtually unstoppable mm-hmm. that they go for it every time it's a fourth and one. It doesn't matter what part of the field they're on. They're so aggressive that they'll go for it. And I think there's going to be chances. I'm not going to wait until the final drive. I think the Eagles might get two fourth down conversions over the course of the game just because of their nature and the way that they play. So KC, 10 times they've gotten a fourth down conversion, 13 attempts. So they've been really good at it, 13 attempts, 10. Now Philly has attempted it 35 times, and they've converted 25. So both of them are high percentages. But well, 35 times, we're talking almost two a game that that's they're trying. Yeah. yeah, 
And remember, this is a 14 and three team playing a 13 and four team. So these teams have had the lead. No team has had a better fourth quarter win percentage than Philly. I mean, mm-hmm. they're always way ahead, and they're still attempting these. What's going to happen if, if Philly's behind. down 10? And Philly's play calling, you know, if they have a, a third and one and a half. You know, they attempt maybe a, a pass, a shot down the field because no, they know that if it's incomplete, they're still going to go for it on or, fourth down. Or if they the have run. a third and eight. Yes, that's it. Yeah. They'll run the ball, yes. you know, and pick up the six yards. And that's why I think fourth down conversions can be bigger than people think because it affects and opens up the playbook on third down. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. Now, McKenzie and, and Fez came up with these numbers. Fez had the idea about how about when they're losing. Well, this is amazing. Chiefs have three losses this year. Five of their attempts on fourth down, five of 13, were in the three losses. They were three of five. So when you're losing, you go for it more. And you know what? One of these teams, at some point, is going to be losing. They might be tied, but, you know, I don't know. All I know is I would love, to be honest, for this bet, for Philly to be up. Because Philly's going to stay aggressive, but it would force KC to be aggressive. And that's that. And, and think about score. the situation. Like, if we, it doesn't have to be the team that's losing. Think about the opportunity late in the game with the team winning. Do they punt it away on the fourth down, or do they go for the fourth and short to ice the game? Mm-hmm. More times than not, especially now, more times than not, you're not kicking the, you're not punting the ball to Patrick Mahomes if you're the Eagles. You're going to go for it on the fourth down and try to ice the game. Fifty-one total, and it's a whole new NFL. Look no further than the Bengals game, where the Bengals they were they were behind by seven. They had fourth and six mm-hmm. early in the fourth quarter. Zing! <laughs> Burrow just goes throws it into double. Well, coverage. Andy Reid punted on fourth and eight, and everyone said it, it, there's something. It's the most cowardly punt. Ever, yeah. and it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I would have wanted there, right? I mean, I'm, I think it worked out, obviously. Um, one last thing. Think of the ethos in the Philly building. Now, a lot, many of the players, almost all of them are different than the last Super Bowl. But we got the same GM. And it strikes me that he, part of the reason he hired... Um, Sirianni. Sirianni. I always forget that. I don't always forget that, but it's actually Jackie's uh, Jackie's ex-wife's name was Nancy Sirianni, remember? Yeah. And so I always remember it that way, but not that time. Um, I was waiting for a Scott Jackie laugh. I've, <laughs> you know, that's not in your repertoire? Nah. Oh, really? He, he only does Rocky. I know. No, he does some other stuff. Uh, the um, But I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons he liked Sirianni was the GM Roseman because of the fact that he's so aggr- or he was planning to be so aggressive. But remember, they won that Super Bowl because they were so aggressive. Absolutely. I think there's going to be a sense of let's keep it going. Let's do our thing, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a team that's going to shriek, uh, shrink, uh, shrink away, shriek away from the shirk. bigness. Shirk? Shirk? Uh, shirk means shrink. Shirk. Shirk. I don't know. Shrink away. Shirk shrink away. away. It doesn't matter. Shirk is right. Shirk. Yeah. I heard that. I don't think so. Upset. You mean shirk your responsibilities, right. but shirk doesn't mean. Well, look up the. Put that up there. He went to you. Okay. True. Okay. <laughs> then, then somehow I should be getting plus money for the, the 85% I'm right. Jesus. Avoid uh, or neglect a duty or a responsibility. That wouldn't yeah, be so this, this then. This, that wouldn't be this. It's not a duty or responsibility. Yeah, you shirk your duties, you shirk your responsibilities. I don't think you're going to shirk away from. A risk. It feels like a risk that, that like you get afraid of. I don't know if you shrink they, away from it either, though. I don't know what the word. I didn't yeah, shy away. New word. Ooh, shy away. 
Yeah, mm. it's something about, or maybe it's I just some amalgamation word. of words that that I'm making up. A shoe amalgamation, uh. amalgamation eight to one, head to the window. <laughs> All right, but anyway, um, I think his tone. I'm taking Mackenzie's mic off. There we go. <laughs> Have some attitude now to nothingness. To the t- you, you're alone with yourself. <laughs> You just shirked away his mic. The greatest fear. Yeah, I just shirked away his mic. I eschewed hearing any more from him. Is it a shoe or a skew? A shoe, you're right. Escargot? I'm hungry. Never mind. Yeah. I'm not hungry for that. You know what I think it you know what I think it is? I think he read a book once that said when you're in on the defensive, be aggressive. Mm. You ever read those? Like sometimes they recommend that. They never met me. That's mm. a mistake. I think. I think some night when you make a mistake, you want to be like humble about it, right? Like I'm. You know, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Not you know. Mm. All right. Abscond. We've absconded with his ability to communicate to more than one person. I thought it's like when you steal something. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about injuries. I think it's the biggest story of this game. I mean, just looking at the list here, we got. It's it's funny that last week it felt like the AFC AFC game. You couldn't do anything with it if you didn't know about the injuries, and it turns out the NFC game was literally decided by an injury. It's. I thought it was kind of ironic. Say that one more time. That the like going into the week we said AFC game is going to be decided by Mm. this injury, which ended up being a nothing for Patrick Mahomes, relative nothing. But the NFC game was decided by a quarterback. You think injury. it was nothing? It felt like it really affected his game. He couldn't. He couldn't snap from under center. I think that the the fact that and you'll get to the all the receivers that are hurt. I think the fact that he was able to have the performance he had with basically a cast of nobodies yeah. is pretty impressive. On if, if he was hobbled. Although that performance was lacking in the second half once those guys started to all hit the sidelines. But it was there when he needed it. But when no the game doubt. was on the line, yeah. he ran. That's what I'm wow, saying. Wow, it's 11, yeah. against, looked, se- 11 a- against 17, mind mm-hmm. you. That, to me, that was a courageous... I mean, he, he was courageous. I mean, you know, John Middlecoff said this on his show, and I thought it's right. He, he Mahomes has the ability to make you feel like a kid if you're not a kid. The way you can like think, wow, guys like super, you know, there's a there's a real sense that he's doing stuff that there's no one else on earth can do. And then he puts ketchup on a steak. You gotta love this guy. <laughs> then he becomes a literal kid. Marcus Kemp, who had ten snaps. Who? Yes, ten snaps. Is that how you say Marcus? Yeah. I think, right? Does he play for the Sonics? That's Sean Kemp. Baz, Sorry. Is your medication starting to affect you? Completely. Uh- <laughs> All right, his mic is good. No, is all right. He had ten. Soon it'll be an RJ monologue once everybody's mics are muted. The, uh, the entire season, the entire anyone, anyone, the entire season, ten snaps. Offense on offense. Yeah. Sorry, twenty-one in this game. So I mean, this is that shows you what they were down to the down to the the, the seeds and stems, as they say, and and who's who's been hurt? Well, Tony got hurt ankle. He seems to get hurt every third play. He was already banged up coming into the game. He's been banged up since 2017. You want no part of Tony yeah. over. So I can tell you, that's, that's not the dude you want to bet to score the last touchdown. If, right. That'd be the worst wager of all time. Uh, Handman? Is that how you say his name? McCall Hardman. 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 Oh, I looked, that's an R. Not I'm, My rating could have used some improvement. <laughs> um, Hardman. Pelvis. Yeah. He, pelvic issue. Yeah. Like Elvis. Okay. Juju Smith-Schuster, former Steeler, knee. 
And Watson, who had an illness, he's a go, it looks like, at least a practice on Wednesday. And then also, uh, big alert coming game day was about Kelsey's back. He see, when he was whooping it up after the game, he sees his back seemed to be like, fine. You, you liked him over uh, under 79 and a half yards? Yeah, yeah. Finished with 78. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> here's the thing about – and then finally, well, Larry's been out for a while. Okay. Here's the thing I think that really opens up the door to even better performance from KC. Many of these players are going to be back. I, I mean, I know some of them have mispracticed today even, but my thought is they're going to be back. we got to see that for sure, I think. Now, I don't care if five of them come back. I care that there's two yeah, of them. I want enough where at least you can start the game with a full complement of receivers. And they're all about equal. I mean, I yeah. mean, they're not there's not a big separation here. But this is what's interesting. This season, Mahomes under center, the run game for the entire team was number 6 in the NFL EPA, number 20 in shotgun. This team doesn't run well from the shotgun, hmm. and Mahomes was forced to be in the shotgun with his ankle more than he usually is. To me, it opens up the running for him. But it does kind of show you, Andy Reid, anyone that guesses, the following scenario is when Andy Reid's going to run. If there's ever a time where your quarterback has a bad ankle and you're playing a special teams player at receiver that had 10 snaps this year and he's thrown the ball almost every play in the second half, he's never running. I, I mean, can you think of a scenario, Fez, that right, you have the lead, which they had the lead a lot of that second half, right? Yes. And you have a, your quarterback injured to the point where he can't really take snaps from under center. And you have Kelsey with a bad back and pretty much, you know, people no one's ever heard of. I guess you had, uh, what, who was the one guy that was uh, Scantling? Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Yes. He was he was like a superstar. Mm-hmm. And you got your punt returner that doesn't return punts because he, he fumbles. Sky Moore is out there. Yeah. And, 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 and the fact that they still threw so much tells me they're never running. Yeah, so they're number 40, two. 43 to 20. Uh, their number one running back, 26 yards, Pacheco. Their number two running back, McKinnon. Not 0.0, 1.0 yards. Do we look under for the team? I mean, do, do they just come up with a team total that, that doesn't account for the fact that KC very well could be trailing a big chunk of this game? And I don't think he's running when he's behind, right? So you like you like these guys under, to go under? You like Pacheco team, under and well, I or think just rush yards under? Rush yards under, I think. I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes might get some more. He's he's low. They got him lined too low on his rush yards. Well, Nineteen and a half. Everybody's worried about that ankle. I'm, yeah. I, would, I think he he proved that if it comes to nut cutting time, as they say, that he's, but you usually don't get nineteen yards on that. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a really low number with a game on the line. I I mean, I tell you this, that number correlates to Kansas City not playing as well as you think. Because, I mean, that seems to say he's hurt, right? But you've got an interesting point, Faz, and I agree with it. You think Philly and what you saw with Hurts should have the same same concern Philly backers with Hurts. Yeah, so no one is talking about – everyone's talking about injury, quarterback injury. Let's talk about Mahomes. And people are not talking about Hurts and – I got to tell you, I mean, Hertz has answered the questions. He's not, you know, 50%, but he's not 100%. His his rush yards 
He's running the ball. He's getting some usage. He's going down. He's like, he's not taking the hits. He's not getting the yardage. He's not the same Hurts he was all year long before the injury. And frankly, I question his ability to throw deep. And he's great at throwing deep all year long before the injury. And no one seems to be talking about the hit that Philly might be taking with him being 75%, not 100%. So right now the line is about one and a half consensus Philly. So there was some buyback, it seems, on KC. Yeah, it peaked at Philly minus two and a half, and now it's it's leaking back in Kansas City. Bold, based upon my talks with people, we think this closes Pickham. And you and you thought that back on Monday. Yeah. You said Fez, the magic get your show ass, that was get your, get, take your little pinky and blink and hit <laughs> Kansas City plus two. Now you ended up playing. Eagles at a good number, right? Plus one and a half. Okay. So at what point do you – like? what do you do with this? Now, if it's moving towards pick, what do you do? I already bet Kansas City. So All right. I, so you got it at two and a half? I, I need to, yes. I need them to tie. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think that's unlikely. Seems unlikely. Oh, no, you said a, a one-point win either way is good for you. Well, if, if it goes overtime, there's a good ch- – there's not a good chance. There's a, de- there's a chance it does land one. Because you got the theory that with the new rules, if there's a touchdown scored, second team scores – that they go for it. Yes, I would be willing to lay. Or you a, just need to miss the extra point. I would be willing to bet four dollars to win a dollar. I'd lay minus four hundred that second team scoring the touchdown will go in. Even if it's two. Andy Reid. Even if it's Andy Reid. Well, I, I would t- I would take that bet because it, well well he's going to have to override his analytics department because they're going to say we got to go here. He doesn't have an analytics department. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't because know. if you if you're the second team to score the touchdown and you tie, you're kicking the ball off. And it's sudden death. And it's all sudden, the other sudden, and, all put, and to put goal. this in perspective, when they were playing the Bengals, game's tied. The Bengals are on their 14-yard line. They're not on the their 24. They're on their 14. The Bengals are a minus 165 favorite in live wagering. That's crazy, but that's what the number was. Because you just need to get to the 40-yard line for a 57-yarder, 50-whatever. Yeah, when they completed that pass on the 3rd and 16, the Bengals— the odds of KC winning in regulation seem like zero. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it's either Cincy or they – and everyone's giving heat to the punter, not directionally punting. It goes to show you, man, it, that game moves fast. We didn't even at- think they would punt. And, you know, and this is like selective memory. This is really important. We, we, we know what we'd be saying right now. Burrow is God. As soon as they got that – convert that third and 16, we all knew that game was over. Well, we all knew that. the Bengals were going to win. I mean, that, that that's what the media would be saying. I know? tell you this is I think I'm impressed by how Burrow played. I mean, to me, with the, the way that line was blocking or not blocking, and somehow he got sacked, what, four times early, and yeah. then he somehow keeps, keeps throwing downfield – I mean, he's got a lot of guts, man. I no, mean, oh, he's he's awesome. He's certainly better than Herbert. I mean, I heard this more in the last week. Josh Allen is not even in the conversation. They're saying. Do you okay. you agree with that? No, I disagree with it. So you'd rather Josh Allen than one hundred percent rather Josh Allen than Justin or than uh, Joe, Joe Burrow. And you still would take Herbert over Burrow. I would. Let me ask you a serious question. Did you see Justin Herbert had surgery the week after this? After they got eliminated, I missed that. Oh, it's funny. Is that because he's is not that a, a special fee that gives you all Herbert information? <laughs> what, what, what was the surgery? He had shoulder shoulder surgery after the season. Does that make you happy? No, it's maybe, just it's you acting like he's is, like this like some kind of punk sissy who's always had his, had things sissy. laid out his way. He's not a winner. Okay. Let me ask you this: When Burrow was doing what he was doing. And you saw the way it doesn't seem like whatever you do to him, he's going to be in the game. You had to think, you know, RJ's right. There's something different about like Herbert doesn't have He's great. It, but Herbert doesn't have this. You had to have that feeling, right? 
during that game. Joe I, I had a moment I thought yes, you were thinking. It. Yes, Joe Burrow's good in a different way than Justin Herbert. A way that wins. Yeah. And Herbert's good. Herbert, if he didn't have the surgery, could kick butt, I bet, at the schools competition at the Pro Bowl. Probably. <laughs> like throwing the ball through like a tire? I don't know where you've got this hate for him. It's so It's, it's not it, hate. It, 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 it's, I don't, you bring him up every show. It, well, yeah. Because it's like an obsession. It's insanity. It's not an obsession. It seems like a very dominant part of your football life. You've Herbert. put it into a dominant part of my football life that I think he's good. Like well, almost were, everyone thinks he's good except you. You were, you were betting the Chargers at 22 to 1. With a quarterback with a bum shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to be celebrating that. <laughs> you know, you, I will never forget the rest of my life. If there's five things I remember about media or anything I've ever recorded or been part of, is was when they won a Thursday night game against Miami. And he shouts from the, he shouts louder than I've ever heard him shout. All questions have been answered. <laughs> remember, you were here. Yeah. It, have you ever seen anything quite like that? Like shouting, and I'm like, "What happened? Did the you know did did did, did the Christ descend from the heavens? What? Happened? No, Herbert won a game. You know, in retrospect, <laughs> I like your SOV partners twenty-two to one on the Eagles to win it all Ooh. that he gave out. Yeah, but better. unfortunately, but he's not going to cash that one. Tell it's that gone story. into the ether. <laughs> he's so good, his bookie had to scan, had to run absconded. <laughs> His buggy absconded. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, placed it through a local before the season started, amongst other futures bets. You know, some didn't hit and some did hit. Not just me, but the uh, the house has disappeared. Don't be too humble. The house is the house has disappeared. And this was a New York bookie. Yeah. So how would they? Why would Philly money? You wouldn't think they'd get a ton of Philly money. It's just probably he disappeared before the playoffs I think he started. Disappeared. He just changed his number. Oh, I, I, listen, he's either arrested or isn't somewhere there, else. Or, isn't there like this? this, this he's like, gone. Isn't there like this magic? I've, I've read about this. It's like this magic thing that you can like research and, and find people like on. Like private eyes. No, like the internet. Oh. <laughs> that you well, can utilize. I, usually bookies aren't necessarily putting all their business yeah. on you, you, the you know, What we always did when someone stiffed us is the, the last thing we'd say is we'd leave them a message say, look, we don't want to have to leave a message with your wife or your parents. You know, can you can you just pay us? You know, we never actually. How did that ever work? It, it, it did work. Really? At times. Yes. These aren't the type of people we, you, you negotiate with. Yeah, they, you wind up, they, they wind up leaving a message with your wife and your parents <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, listen, they disappeared. It's it's okay. Yes. Just don't ask questions. Mackenzie uh, silently puts this on the screen. EPA since week 15, which is Hurts shoulder injury. And that includes that game. Mahomes is first in the league, EPA. Uh, uh, here we go. Plus .16 per play, EPA. Okay, great. And then Hurts, though, number 16, plus .05. And by the way, Gardner Minshew was number 17. And those the rushing yards since uh, the injury that Fez was talking about, 28.5 yards per game since the injury, 53.5 pre-injury per game. Mm. Now these His are number be- is posted at 49.5 hertz rushing. Um, of course, it does fly in the face with basic strategy in the biggest games as we want to play quarterbacks over. Yeah. So, um, well, that's if you think it scales up. If it doesn't right. scale up. Yeah. Uh, give me hertz week 1 through 14, just what his ranking is. He's saying, got it, but we can't hear. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, Scott, let's go to AJ. AJ, what do you, we'll just go around the horn, biggest stories we see otherwise, and then we'll talk a little champagne. I, my thought was just, it's hard for me to imagine waking up on Monday morning if I bet the Eagles 
at a minus number and say and saying, why did I think it was smart to bet against the best quarterback in the world getting points? Mm. And a guy who's been in the Super Bowl, who's won the Super Bowl, we've seen him do it. We know he's not going to shrink in the moment. <laughs> or shirk. Or shirk in the moment. Any, anything shy, whatever you think it is. We know he's not going to uh, wilt in the moment under the pressure. He's not going to pull a Herbs. Right. And... <laughs> And it's the, I mean, it's what I said, even midseason before, but like before what's happened in the last half of this season, when you were saying, would you rather have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? I still said I'd rather have Patrick Mahomes because I've seen him do it in these biggest, in the biggest spots. And you have to say the same thing about Jalen Hurts. We haven't seen it. We, we haven't seen him do we it. We don't know if it's the injury or we don't know what, but he hasn't played all that well in these big games. I mean, in theory, weeks 18 was for the division. He didn't play well there. Didn't play all that great against the, I mean, and I would make the following case, which kind of feeds that they haven't done it. I was on the Eagles heavy, heavy throughout the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I felt one of my biggest bets of the year was the Minnesota game with the Philly because I, I thought Minnesota – I didn't think they were as fraudulent as they – well, I didn't think they'd win as many as they did, mm-hmm. but I thought that line was like three on Monday night, and I loved it. And, and, and Fez, you know, I've been kind of, you know, pro-Philly when you've been a little, again, you know, you haven't been that behind, but it's like you had them like fourth when I had them second yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay. To Scott me, was also very pro like all, all, all off-season. Yeah, oh, was like, he was even before the season. Yeah, preseason. So, yeah. You should, I, you should see that when he uh, put up on Twitter, like preseason. Oh, uh, yeah, when I gave out the Eagles to win the Eagles Super Bowl. Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Uh, on September 8th. The comments the are gold underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just light that light, money light on fire? Money on fire. Well, the yeah, ir- no thanks, bro. <laughs> the irony <laughs> is, is that you... Did to light your money on fire by not putting it at a, ra- at a licensed yeah, and bonded sports book. Nah, it feels good. To know. It feels good to know you're right. Lucky you only bet at the licensed and bonded books, but <laughs> that's why I only gamble in Nevada at our at our books. Yeah. <clears throat> so, my thinking is this: if you go back to the Washington game, and to me, the Washington game on Monday night was the beginning of the cracks in the armor of Philly. That was our first loss. First loss, but it was a. A hand, they lost handily. And, I mean, the score was kind of close. 32-21. They, they were behind yeah. the whole game. And there was talk amongst the X's and O's guys that there was a new way to stop Philly. They were doing something different, right? And you might say, okay, well, how'd they do next week? Well, they played the Colts, and they barely won against the Colts. And that's yeah. Jeff Saturday's Colts, okay? So from there at the time, it looked like they really turned it around, right? They beat Green Bay on that Sunday night game. It was at home. They were only laying six, remember? And that was a nice win. I'm going to give them that. But how good's Green Bay? Where you got them in the power rankings, Fez? Number 14, maybe? If that. Green Bay, 13. All right. Oh, okay. That sounds right. Tennessee, they beat next. That was an impressive win, except Tennessee lost, like, what, eight in a row to end the year? Tennessee, 26. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Then the Giants, they beat handily, but again, I think we know what's going on with the Giants. 18th. Then the Bears, they didn't even cover. No grading. Then relegated Her- to Her- a lesser league. <laughs> and Hurts is out at this point, and then against Dallas, they uh, lose, right? Dallas wins by, what was it, four, six? I can't six, remember. Six, 40-34. Yeah. Okay. Then the Saints just destroy him, Philly. And then they beat the Giants against their backups at the end of the year. Then they beat the Giants again in the playoffs. And then they beat San Francisco with a fourth-string quarterback or fifth-string most of the game, fourth and fifth. No quarterback. No quarterback. Half the game. Yeah. So now 
my thinking is since that Washington game, what's been the win that's the impressive one? What is the one that says, or maybe not impressive? Let's say what is the who's the best team they beat? San Francisco. But with a, if with we a adjust, broken quarterback. But if we adjust San Francisco by seven points, let's say I, it still might be the answer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, if San Francisco becomes a below average team. They become they become they, a they, below average yeah. team without with with Josh Johnson. Do they become worse than the Giants? Yes. Then, yes. then that's it. The Giants are their best win. Yes. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but Josh Johnson. So the obviously he doesn't have the chemistry with the center. So he 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 fumbles the snap. Mm-hmm. The ball is laying there. Scott's gonna fall on it. You're gonna fall on it. Johnny's gonna fall on it. I'm gonna fall on it. There's no way that San Francisco can lose this ball. I'm still trying to understand why Josh Johnson, he just kind of like reaches out his hands to try to get the ball, gets kicked, and it becomes a turnover. It was like the it was the wussiest effort I've ever seen a quarterback trying to recover a fumble. How's that guy been on 15 teams and been such a wussy? Because he stayed healthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> to me, if you don't win a game against an above average, and, and we could make the case that except for the – I mean, what would we say? The Dallas game when 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 they didn't have their starting quarterback, right? So let's say the Dallas won, but they lost that game, right? Yep, by so, six. Yep. So who was the best team they beat? It's it's either Green Bay at home or the Giants on the road. Or you could say Dallas with Cooper Rush, right? Yeah. But boy, I'm not sure any of those teams are a top ten team. Jacksonville. But what Detroit. are the odds they went the entire year and only played one like top ten team, and when Dallas played with Dak? And Football Outsiders has um, them thirty second, the easiest schedule. I'm saying not only was the schedule easy, I'm saying once the cracks came in the armor, and you could say the league's caught up to them, they haven't played anyone. And I'm not saying they're not any good. I'm saying they're not. Fa- I don't see they're, how if they're Kansas- not battle tested so that's this could really in a game that's close to pick them mm-hmm. and it comes down to like the fourth quarter you don't see burrow and you don't you know not going to see mahomes shirking shying away from like the, the the bright lights that could happen here if we accept mahomes's injury risk is about the same or injury liability uh, limitations are about the same as uh hurts and i think that's fair to say if you tell me i've got a full receiving core, meaning just the starters, right? If one of them get hurt, then we got to go to back, you know, extreme backups. That's fine. You tell me we got that going in the game. I love KC. Well, here. we got the, the team that's been power rated better all year long. I agree. All year. But I was trying to preach Monday on that, and you kept saying you like you think Phillies should be one, and you're just because I had the all these dudes that were hurt. And I didn't know if they did. And we still don't know. But uh, Tony I get, might not play. Everyone else is going to be good. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I, I, they, they think Tony's going to play, but he won't be 100. percent Is what they're join the club. Yeah. <laughs> be like any other week. But these other guys are, should be a fine. Yeah, it's funny when Tony left the game. I thought. It was the play after. Remember the the, the, the play that Andy Reid challenged. Yeah. He thought it. He thought Tony caught the ball, and Tony came off the field and said he caught it, and they challenged, and he clearly didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was just benched for for telling the coach he caught it and costing him a timeout. But then after the next three guys got hurt, and Tony and didn't he didn't get come back. back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, he'd really be out hurt. the doghouse in but a hurry. They, Tony, apparently, Tony. They said Tony it was evident he didn't catch it, meaning he acted like he didn't. Right. And they're saying, why didn't Andy Reid like take the cue? So why would he have been benched for? Because apparently Kadarius Tony went over the went over the bench and said he caught it. Is what I heard. Well, well I don't. Boy, he certain, is, his body it. language certainly didn't look like he caught it. He looked no, sad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Scott, what is your kind of big storyline? Experience. 
I think Andy Reid's coaching experience in Super Bowls and in the playoffs in general and the fact that the Chiefs have been there, what, you know, twice out of the last uh, you know, last three, three years, years it, it's going to help them over an Eagles team that, yeah, there's a couple of players, Lane Johnson and Kelsey, that have are holdovers from the Eagles Super Bowl, but Sirianni's never coached in a game of this magnitude. He doesn't know what this atmosphere is going to be like or the schedule of events that lead mm. up to the Super Bowl where Andy Reid has been here and done that, and then, of course, there's... Andy Reid, who is just 28 and four straight up after a bye week. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I think Andy Reid in general hasn't been great in big games. It feels like maybe. But hasn't that changed over the past couple of years? Winning the Super Bowl, getting to another Super Bowl? But getting the Super Bowl, not winning, means you lost the big game, right? Like came a year he, after he they won the eight, big game. He lost yeah. it. I mean, he lost the, the, the game against New England when Ford exactly. jumped offside, uh-huh. and he lost the game. So against, that doesn't count? Well, he was in position to win. Well, yeah. yeah but and, losing games you're in position to win is what I mean, it's always But you say all the time, only one team wins every year, the Super yeah. Bowl. And, and, the, and I think the Tampa loss, but, in, in retrospect, that old line was just, there was nothing. And Mahomes had the do. toe injury. I mean, there's it, well, it, 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 he did fine. The, the, yeah. the, no, they, my well, man cannot throw the ball and block on the same play. All right, but 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 the thing is, to me, if you want to ignore all the Philly stuff, but the reality is, he went to what five or four um, conference finals. That's a good point. He hosted yeah. at home and went to one Super Bowl and wasn't even. That was the one that Brady won easily. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not saying you can't grow as a coach. I'm saying. I think he has a big advantage over someone without any experience, but I don't think, you know, if it's Belichick against Reed in a regular season game, I'm more, less inclined to think it's Belichick all the way than I would be a Super Bowl or whatever. The uh, Big game. This, and, and this isn't the coaches, this is quarterbacks, though. The quarterbacks who have previously won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. versus quarterbacks making their first Super Bowl appearance, the previous winner, 15-7 and seven in those Super Bowls. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah, I, can you get the ATS on that? Yeah, tonight? or if you got it now, great. it may take me some time. But yeah, I, do I it for next it. week because to me, usually those, uh, you know, like Troy Aikman versus I guess it'd be Kelly in a second one. But you know what I'm saying is in general, you're they're going to be favored. I think yeah. the returning one. And yeah, well, in this case, you have the Chiefs as dogs. Yeah, I agree. No, I I like the Chiefs here. I, I wanted to ask you guys on one factor. I'm mean, tickets are really exorbitantly expensive. You got two, oh, is that right? You got you got two right now. They always come down right right before, but you got two fan bases that really support their teams. Mm-hmm. I can make the case that this is an example, and I'm not sure how it's going to play out in the game, but that there's going to be really high crowd noise in this Super Bowl versus a typical corporate crowd. Yeah, but I, that assumes the corporate people are selling their tickets. Money talks, baby. No, I think if you're in if you're in Arizona for the game, you're going. You got money. You're corporate. You're going to the game. You're not, not going to sit in your hotel. Gives, not if someone gives me fifty five hundred dollars. Have a good yeah. time, and I'll be, and I'll, I'll head to one of the local. But I other guess the I guess the question is if, if you think it's an equal if you think it's an equal. Um, you know, crowd. Then, then what's the difference? I think it might hurt both offenses. Yeah, potentially. I, I could see that. I don't. Hmm. I, don't I mean, know. the Chiefs play in one of the loudest state. I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, but it's but, not loud but, for yeah, them. But they're they're quiet for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So, I. I mean, we went long today. I think it was good. Let's just take a minute and talk about, and we can pick this up after the season. But we'll talk about Sean Payton. We went before the show, went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We've concluded we think that Denver's win total should be nine, nine wins. You agree, Fess? Or you were part of the calculation, so you do agree? Yeah, I, I, if nine was some vig to the over, in fact, yes. 
So you like nine a little Vic to the O? Yes. All right. All right. Um, and the way we figured it is, hey, if you look at fourth quarter win share, pregame.com, proprietary stat, says they should have won instead of five games, 7.1 games. And then we're saying, okay, well, how much does Russell Wilson get better? How much does Sean Payton add? You add it up. And it comes up to like actually about 9.6. But then we thought, hey, we're double counting some of Wilson's improvements and such. And maybe some of the stuff is buried. And McKenzie had a good point. is buried in the 7.1 that's kind of built into the improvement. Meaning they, they should have won those games, but they will with Peyton. But it means we're already counting that they won it. So it's kind of a... It's not a, an A plus B equals C calculation. But... At eight and a half, let's say minus 120 to the over, you'd like it a good bit. Absolutely. And the key here is it's not that Sean Payton could possibly be worth three points versus an average coach, but he's not replacing an average coach. He's replacing, you know, someone who just wasn't qualified to coach at all. A hack. A hack. So you're, you're so literally the difference, and we have the kind of Joe Judge style. The difference between the two coaches, we could we like we said could be three and a half points, and that translates over a 17 game you know scenario. You're looking at almost two wins, certainly more than one and a half. I agree. All right, boys. This was the prelude. Next week, same time, we are going to have this Thursday morning release. Everyone with their force pick on the game. Everyone with a force kind of either quarter or halftime, something, and then a prop. Everyone giving a prop best bet. Fez, take us out. Hey. 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 Ooh, Let's be haze. careful out there. Ooh, see you next week.